Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks making love. Listen up, Auto Thoughts and Decepticlowns. You are listening to Prime Cuts, a non-linear history of the Transformers franchise on television. I'm one of your hosts, Nero. I'm your other host, Audrey. And today, to help us bring bring us through the second big sprawling three-parter of G1, we have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, I'm CNRN, local nerd. Fixture of our Discord server. <laughs> now, CNRN, we ask this of all of our hosts, uh, the guests, uh, when they come in. But uh, what's your history with the Transformers franchise? My history is um, it never fails to make people laugh. Uh, when I was a kid, my grandmother, bless her heart, um, not in touch with what the kids were, you know, being entertained by. So she would just dig through the clearance bin of DVDs at Walmart and just pick out whatever she thought would entertain us. And one day in her house, I stumbled upon a DVD of the 1986 Transformers movie. Uh And I popped it in and watched it. And by some miracle, I was not turned off the franchise entirely by the copious amount of death and destruction in the beginning of that movie. And And I have been in love with Transformers ever since. Yeah, because that rules. That part of it rules. That it's yeah. just full of death and violence. Yeah. And to be fair, you didn't have any emotional connection to these characters. Exactly. Summarily. So you would think that, and yet I was still emotionally devastated by what happened to Optimus Prime, even though I knew him for all of five minutes. Yeah, but you looked at Prowl getting roasted from the inside out, and you were like, "Wow, that looks cool." Yeah, I yeah it does look cool. <laughs> yeah, I. He actually. Uh, he actually does his function in uh, in this episode for the first and perhaps only time. His function of tac- yeah of tactician. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well that's interesting. That's that's a fun origin. So we watched the Ultimate Doom parts one, two, and three. Now I feel like this is one of the most memorable uh g1 sort of story arcs for a lot of reasons i mean obviously yeah yeah the the whole cybertron coming to earth and fucking shit up angle everyone loves that um you've got this fucking my like mind controlled fucking mind slave shit you've got the autobots surfing for no discernible reason it's just like having sex you got slaves dr archiville is there I would rather him not be there, frankly. Boy, that guy that guy's a looker, I tell you what. God, he's 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 he is like the demented cousin of Doc Brown. He he's, is. He's the future of Doofenshmirtz. I've never watched Phineas and Fur, but I know this. No, he's like the yeah, he's like the fucking bad future. Do not compare Doofenshmirtz with this god awful person. Look, when things go real bad, he turns into this fucking guy. Um, so it's it's very funny. I, I want, I'm watching these on the on the Hasbro Pulse uh, YouTube channel now because generally they lo- those are the best um, transfers, so they look the nicest. 
But it's so funny seeing their episode order because it's all kinds of fucked up. Um, Fire in the Sky is like the second to last episode on their thing. And between Ultimate Doom Part 3 and like semi Part 4 Countdown to Extinction, War of the Dinobots is there when all of the Dinobots are in this story arc so you know it's just it's just all fucking calvin ball over there they're i don't know what the fuck se- is going on they're all secret tools that will come in handy later <laughs> exactly so let's go ahead and, and start with um the ultimate doom part one and with the whitest maharaja <laughs> in the whole goddamn world yeah we started off with farquad pointing white <laughs> yeah i don't i i can only imagine what happened is that the color the the color the inkers just did not get the memo on who this guy was supposed to be and it's like how uh, could they not it's in the fucking taj mahal he's fucking wearing a turban my i mean they're calling me the white maharaja i just just say knowing what i know about cartoons made in this time i guarantee you they did know exactly who he was supposed to be and they just did not care but we had we had Peruvians last episode that looked like Peruvians. I, I yes. There were other there were other issues with those Peruvian the, characters. Yeah. But they looked like Peruvians. <laughs> they looked they, they they were properly colored, unlike this dude who literally this just guy. looks like some guy. And it's so disappointing too, because like my very first thought opening this episode was like, wow, this is like miles ahead of its time. Because this nope. white Maharaja, um, <laughs> <laughs> this white Maharaja's gift to his people is setting up like this huge solar panel field. And I was like, damn, that rules. And then it like pans over to him. And you're like, well, <laughs> milkshake duck, huh? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, he's he has turned his palace into a huge solar farm, basically. And, of course, you know what that means. The Decepticons are here to fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. Now, in in counterbalance to the White Maharaja, they managed to correctly color and assign voices to all three of the Elite Shrine for this entire segment. Segment. Important word, because yes. there are many times throughout <laughs> the rest of the episode where they do not. But yes, for this segment... It might be the longest stretch they've gone without some kind of fuck-up. Actually... Uh, which is about five minutes. I, I, I should... I, I, I did notice, actually, that in the very beginning, when they first blast through the hole, Thundercracker does speak with Skywarp's voice at the very beginning. You're right, he God did. Damn it. I was like, I was like, shit, I can't, I couldn't tell because Thundercracker and Skywarp have pretty similar voices. I was like, is that Skywarp's? I can't tell. Yeah. But I did make a note of that as well. Here's how I always, yeah. can, here's how I can tell their voices apart. Thundercracker always sounds like, he sounds like the Christian Bale Batman voice. He sounds really gravelly. <laughs> Yeah, the Thundercracker is definitely def- does have like he's got a deeper voice. It's down here. Exactly. Skywarp is, is up here. He's like om- he's like a pitched down rumble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has more of that rumble affectation, and that's because he's a jackass. Yes. Um. So so the the fucking seekers are here to fuck shit up, and uh, the Autobots are on their way. But as we learn, this is all according to plan because Megatron is hanging out with well, wait, his new wait, best wait, wait. friend. No, okay, hey, before we get to new best friend, this freak, um, 
I want to talk about a line here because we have to talk oh. about, about how the Autobots are getting to India. So Nero and I, Nero right. and I have discussed in the past the apparent tunnels or or roads that lead from Portland to Bali. Now introducing the Wheeljack jet skis. <laughs> yeah, Wheeljack uh, has made them all hydrofoils, so, apparently. So luckily for them, this is another one of Wheeljack's Jack's inventions that doesn't explode. But Jazz has a line here, which is, Thanks, Wheeljack. I always wanted to play motorboat. Hey, Jazz? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. <laughs> Can I check if Jazz is one of the characters who's in in a relationship with one of the female Autobots in that episode? Let me He's see. He's not. No, it's not. It's it's like Optimus, it's Ironhide. Chrome, yeah, it's Chromium and Chromian Ironhide. It's uh, what Inferno with Nautica, right? Oh, not first of all, Nautica, Nautica is not, not Nautica. Um, Moonracer, no, it, yeah, Moon the third one. No, it's in, it's Inferno with uh, Firestar. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Who the f- is Moonracer? Just single? Is Moonracer just the fucking seventh wheel? That's uh, sad. But she's friends with Power Glide, but I don't know if they're like if it was mentioned that if it was like implied that they were dating. We know who Power Glide is dating. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's maybe it's <laughs> yeah. an open thing. We don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> Hang on. Moonracer and Power Glide are friends. Inferno and Firestar might be a thing. They might just be old partners. But Ironhide and Optimus are definitely with Chromia and Alita. That those are the ones yeah. that are right. definitely canon. Yeah. By the way, I just want to share with you all a picture I saw on Jazz's TFWiki page. Oh boy. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you take a look in scheduling? <laughs> God, I can't wait for us to get to the fucking constructor. <laughs> oh hell yeah! This is the this is from the one where they get stuck in ro- in vehicle mode because of one of Wheeljack's inventions. That's Hook, right? That's Bone Crusher, I think. Oh, really? it, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it's, it's Bone hard Crusher to tell okay. because they forgot all the purple. He's just green, right? Yeah, he's just oops, all green. So yeah, the Autobots are surfing, and well, they aren't they aren't literally surfing yet. They will do that once again for reasons I'm still unclear on. Um, but it's time but to get to are, the freak of the week. Oh God! Yeah, so Doctor Arkaville is here, and he's the Decepticons' new 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 friend. I don't know where they found this guy. How they can, like? There's no, of course, there's no fucking explanation for how he came into the employ of Megatron. He's just here now. I'm pretty we sure all have to he deal with pitched it. to Megatron like Shark Tank. Yes. <laughs> Listen. Cons- Megatron's a known quantity, right? Like, if there's yeah, supervillains in this world, they're gonna go to the giant robot dictator and be like, yo, check this shit out. So, as we find out, this whole thing with the white Maharaja's solar field is all a fucking false flag to draw a majority of the Autobots away from the Ark. So that Laserbeak can fucking kidnap Sparkplug because Arkaville has invented a goddamn mind control chip. Listen, it was the 80s. Who wasn't inventing mind control chips back then? It's so true. By the way, we should, I guess we should describe Dr. Arkaville for anyone who isn't watching along. We should attempt to describe. How do I look, Dr. Arkaville? Bad. I. I think I was actually kind of on the money because he does just look like a really, really, he just looks like an evil version of Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Yeah, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. So everyone everyone first conjure Doc Brown into your minds. If you Do you took, have him? Is he if there? If you took Doc Brown and then you dipped him into like anti-Semitic caricatures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you gave him a robot arm and a weird metal hat. Yeah. Well, Doc Brown has a weird metal him. hat. That's true. Oh, really? But it's like if you, yeah, just if he was wearing it all the time and also it was smaller. I don't know if that's supposed to be a robo brain or not. He just has it. No, I want to be very clear. I don't think Dr. Archiville is anti-Semitic because Archiville's not a Jewish name and nothing about his character says that he's Jewish. However, no. all of those ca- all of those nasty like stereotypes, the hook nose, the like warts or whatever, like all those classic witch tropes, those anti-Semitic witch tropes, they just like dunked him on them on him. <laughs> exactly. Okay, yeah, so it is Casey Kasem. Got it. I, I okay. mean, I knew okay. it was. I knew it was. The man of a thousand voices, I swear. Yep. So, yeah, as I said, laser beak just fucking... Well, okay, first okay, of all, actually, yeah, what's ha- it's even better. It's here. even funnier. Yeah, there's a few it's things even... that happens here. So- Guys, you need a fucking... Sec- install a security camera around the arc. Soundwave is just one, standing... What are you fucking doing? <laughs> it wasn't even sabotaged yet. I know. <laughs> and the fact that they just... They always have the door just wide open. Do they even have Get a door? A no, they don't. Sunwave is just literally standing outside. Yeah, he's just... he's just like ejecting his cassettes as fast as he can tap the buttons on his chest, <laughs> f- flinging them at Autobot yeah. HQ. So the first thing that happens is r- is Rumble, which is very funny because Rumble like starts co- like causing a quake inside the headquarters, and Spike has one of the best worst line weeds i've ever heard um as he like as they all try well first of all they identify the source of it by the heart monitor <laughs> the ekg that shows up on uh ironhide's chest which apparently points them in the right direction for this seismic activity and then they round the corner and they see rumble and spike goes it's rumble Damn, so true, bestie. And honestly, I just felt like it's like, damn, this bitch again. <laughs> that are, yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, I, who could blame him? This remember when <laughs> remember when Rumble climbed out of a river and shoved him on his ass? Yeah, <laughs> wordlessly, Spike completely wordlessly. Has, Spike definitely has the most personal beef with Rumble. Rumble doesn't even fucking know who Spike is. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Rumble even registers him as like a life form. He's just like, what is that? It's another squishy. Weird, yeah, what's that weird creature always hanging around the Autobots? It's gross. It's got wet eyes. <laughs> then Ravage does some shit. You know, you know, he he attacks people as he is wont to do. Um, but of course, all that is the coup de grace for Laserbeak to fly in through the volcano there's, wait, and snatch. One, there is one other thing I want to say, which is that. Um, Laserbeak, uh, sorry, not Laserbeak. Ravage is is wrecking shit, and um, I think it's he he's going against Bumblebee. I want to say, and Bumble, uh, whoever it is, manages to like throw Ravage into a wall. And Sparkplug right. and Spike are on the side, going like, "Yeah, get his ass, beat that kitty to death." <laughs> like, oh, I want to see some fucking blood. I want to see some fucking blood on like, the sand. Talking about how it's an like ravages an animal <laughs> and like the and I'm just like Cyberpeda is gonna cancel their asses. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah, but he, the, immediately they get fucking they they get spark plug right back because Laserbeak fucking takes him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just swoops him up and he's gone. And Spike is screaming and crying and throwing up. Uh, Shitting and, and farting and vomiting. Actually, what he, he just mm-hmm. says, like, honestly, quite emotionlessly, the Decepticons have captured my dad. <laughs> no. Oh, no, dad. The, the dissonance between Spike's animation and voice work in these episodes yeah. is quite striking. It's uh it's quite something. So It's like it's like everyone was like, okay, th- we're selling the robots, right? So we have to get really good at animating robots and then forgot how to do humans. Mm-hmm. He does a really weird like dead-eyed cry later. Yes! It's freaky. I don't like it. It's weird. Um, more more fucking evidence that he's like a freshly budded human. Yeah. But he doesn't he doesn't know how emotions work yet. <laughs> he hasn't figured that out. So the the seekers fucking book it, job's done. Um specifically as they go, Optimus looks at them um and says they've pulled out. And I just want to say that's bad contraceptive <laughs> practices. Why are they keep giving Peter calling these lies? <laughs> I'm coming. They've pulled out. Yeah. Well, uh, and the uh, Starscream has a ninety-nine percent success rate. Do not doubt my pull-out game, Prime. Jeez. Um. Okay. So <laughs> uh, back, <laughs> back, at, back at the Decepticon headquarters, Laserbeak is coming down um the the elevator shaft. Mm-hmm. That leads underwater. Oh, he's going oh, down the some pretty fun. He is, yeah. Um, we get some pretty fun water physics in this episode. It's not yes, how water we... works at all. Well, by we get like. some amazing. Yeah, we get yeah. some amazing water physics. Uh, yeah. so, not here, I want... not, not here, but yeah. So yeah. Laser beak... I want. I want to mention this amazing interaction between Starscream and oh, Sky. I was getting. I was getting to it. Yeah. So, so they're, well, they're well, on the... laser beak. Laser beak gets down first. And yeah. he throws, he, like, there's this, like, interesting exchange between, like, Sparkplug, Dr. Archiville, and Megatron, where like, Megatron's like, Laserbeak, you're being so rude. Give our guest a chair. And Laserbeak literally just flings him into a chair in the middle of, <laughs> After Megatron the, middle of the room. After across the room. <laughs> right. Yeah. And... And Sparkplug's like, more like prisoner, as if we needed this pointed out to us. And Damn. then the elite shrine comes down the elevator. And Thundercracker, <laughs> Thundercracker doesn't say a single word in this scene. He but... is minding his own business. He is staying in his lane. Meanwhile, Starscream is like, you know, instead of fucking doing a stupid false flag ad to get a fucking human, we should have just killed him. And Scarab's like, shut up. And then they literally start slap fighting. Yeah, well, they are literally yeah. having a what slap happens, fight. What happens here is that Skywarp starts by, def- like, praising Megatron's plan. Yes. Uh, he says, he's like, wow, Megatron's plan was great. And Starscream's like, I'm going to kill you. And <laughs> when Starscream's like, actually, Skywarp, you fucking moron. It was a huge waste of time. Um, and Skywarp's like, yeah, well, what are you do- doing? Or, no, that's what... Starscream says, it's a huge waste of energy. And Skywarp says, you opening your mouth is a huge waste of energy. 
And literally, literally, Starscream slaps him in the tits. First he says, first he says, look, I. And then he slaps him. He can't think of a response. Yeah, bites you and bites you and bites you and bites you. And, and once again, Thundercracker is just standing in the corner wondering when his fucking shift is going to be over so he can get away from these two idiots. The reason that people often just, like, you know, have, like, just headcanon these three as just brothers because of shit like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like, this is, people, this always, is... people always um, say that uh, Starscream is the oldest one because he's like the second in command. It's like, nah, Thundercracker is the oldest brother who is just letting the who's letting the younger ones just fight it out, and he's not, and he's minding his own business. <laughs> this is this is extremely sibling behavior right here. I do not see it. I am looking away. <laughs> and of course, fucking yeah, Megatron tells them to knock it the fuck off when they get down there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, he gets Sparkplug gets hypnotized by Archiville, and he, and he Archiville basically explains that he can control everyone's minds with a fucking lever somehow. I don't really know how that works. I mean, it's like oh, you know, like he, you you push the lever up and it makes them do it, and you push it down and they stop. That's yeah. what happens. And if you if you need to overcome their free will, you just push the lever more. <laughs> What are you expecting them to to put in like uh, yeah. twenty minutes of techno babble? <laughs> so we see the Autobots planning to rescue Sparkplug, and this is this is where Prowl is actually doing his job of tactician. Uh, he's like projecting a fucking plan on the wall and making some shit up. He also he he starts off by saying, "I have a plan," and they're like, "Okay," but I'm not sure if you're ready for it or if you have. The cast iron manifolds for it. The what? <laughs> manifolds comes up in a later episode again. Prowl, what the fuck is a manifold? It's Prowl who says it later, too. I presume it means both. <laughs> well, that's what I thought, but it has a very different context later on. I mean... I mean, let me just, uh... Let's see what a manifold is. A manifold is a topological space that locally resembles Euclidean space near each point. That wasn't helpful. That is not helpful. Exhaust manifold. An exhaust manifold collects the exhaust gases from multiple cylinders into one pipe. He's saying, are, are your asses tight enough for this, maybe? That's, it's, there's, it can't be balls. It has to be ass. Um, yeah, okay. Oh. Okay, because later on, later on in the second episode, I'll just say what the line is now. He gets to Bumblebee after Bumblebee gets um, fucked up and uh, says, uh, you look like someone mugged your manifold. I guess it could also be Dick. I was thinking that, honestly, just because of the fact that it's one pipe. (laughs) So... So what Prowl is saying here is... He's saying, like, I have a plan if y'all got big enough dicks for it. (laughs) Oh. So you're saying he's laying manifold as opposed to laying pipe? Uh Uh-huh. And Bumblebee was saying, wow, do you look like you got kicked in the dick? (laughs) No, I mean, that was Prowl to Bumblebee. Oh, okay. Wow, Bumblebee, you look like you got kicked in the dick. And Bumblebee just says, why do you keep talking about that? Stop bringing it up. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Great, one right. mystery solved. Into we did the, it. Into the PowerPoint it goes. <laughs> so, the, here's here's the plan. So, Prowl has taken a leaf out of the Decepticons book, and he's decided he's going to run, like, a, a frontal distraction 
to uh, draw attention away from the base where Braun, who has a fucking drill now, I guess. Braun's an MVP um, in these episodes, BT Dubs. He is. He is. We, this, we is stand this is the Braun show. In this, episode. <laughs> this is the fucking Braun show. Braun's the um, only good Autobot in these episodes. I fucking love Braun. <laughs> Braun's the only one who Optimus, Optimus literally doesn't do shit, and in fact, at one point, makes things significantly worse. <laughs> he does. So the plan is, Brawn, Cliffjumper, and Windcharger are going to tunnel underneath the ocean to attack the Decepticon base from uh, from like underneath. Windcharger, um, I kind of understand because they sort of like explain why he's there. Cliff jumper, I could not fucking tell he's, you. He's got he's got the glass gas, so they need him to like break open the the ship to make it fragile enough to crack open. Well, uh, that and also okay. that and also, I mean, knowing what I know about Cliff jumper, he was going to find a way to insert himself into this no matter what. I think they probably just like we might as well just let him come so he doesn't just follow us. It's true. Yeah, Cliff we, Jumper is very much back on his bullshit in this ep- in these episodes, and we, want, and, and we want to keep him off the front lines. He's just going to get his ass beat by Megatron again, <laughs> and he does. Um, Spoilers, he, he does. does. <laughs> bad, uh, very bad record against Megatron for Cliff Jumper. So, yeah, we cut inside the base, and and there, there, Starscream is beefing with Doctor Argaville, which is very funny. <laughs> the start point of this argument I, like where yeah what what was the start point of this why were they arguing about where they were going to put spark plug yeah like we just come in and they're just fucking arguing about some dumb bullshit as the rest of the Decepticons have gone out to fight the autobots and and this oh god this is so fucking funny so the the fucking the fucking heist team pops out of the tunnel. Yeah, here's um, where we get some really good water physics. Oh yeah. Yeah, so here's how water works, everyone, alright? <laughs> so It fills empty spaces, BT dubs. So Cliff as I said, Cliff Trimper uses his glass gas, which makes a fucking lightsaber noise, because the show is just full of Star Wars sound effects. Mm-hmm. Um to Break open the break open the the the, the base, which causes <laughs> Starscream to yelp and fall into the water, which is fucking incredible. But of course, okay, so <laughs> the water somehow the Decepticon base acts like it is above water when it's completely submerged, and because they're standing on the floor, the water doesn't rush in to fill the space. It's fine. Don't it's, worry about it. It's you know what it's like those natural air air pockets and caves, right? Exactly. Well, it's I'm, definitely how that works. Well, I mean, here's here's the thing though is like I realize that now we know there is air down there because Doctor Arkaville and Sparkplug are down there, but like there shouldn't really be much air in the Decepticon base because the Decepticons don't need to fucking breathe. But like frankly, they could probably just let it flood they probably can't actually because of rust oh, so no, water's no, pretty no, no, bad actually no um i'm going to reference an episode y'all haven't got to yet but they are actually rust proof unless it's a very specific kind of rust. oh 
right oh, God, yeah they don't cybertronians right. don't rust so yeah i mean also we should say that um when the autobots and the subcons are fighting underwater they put a, put a blue filter over over everything which made it exceedingly difficult to figure out which seeker was involved <laughs> well see that's their that's their secret captain that's their I, secret uh, captain you can't call them out on getting them wrong if you exactly can't, uh, tell who they're supposed to be Apparently it was, it was Thundercracker. mostly Thundercracker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Bumblebee gets to ride one of his missiles like a pinup girl. Yes, he does. Like the fucking guy from Doctor Strangelove. Um. <laughs> so they they yeah, I just can't get over Starscream falling into the water like a like it's like someone in a Bugs Bunny cartoon when he saws the ice out from under somebody. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's perfect. And he's like mid sentence, mid rant yes. at Archiville too, and he yes. just like collapses right through the floor of the. Goes, yeah. So they get in there. They grab. They grab spark plug and they leave. And Doctor Archiville's like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like, I also okay. So like they say, "Hold your breath, spark plug," but like they are on it's the, the ocean floor. Yeah. It is the, the bottom of there, the ocean. There is ignoring how that Sparkplug shouldn't be able to hold his breath that long, there is no way that they would jump into that the water at that depth and Sparkplug wouldn't immediately get crushed by the water pressure. Yeah, he'd be blobfished. He would, yeah, he'd be extremely bl- Plus, the tunnel they dug is now flooded because they broke open the fucking well. Presumably, they rock. presumably they wouldn't be using the tunnel. They would probably just you know like go up. Well, actually. Who knows what they did? Uh, just, Regardless, because like, how can can they swim? Yeah, no, they, but we, they we can, see them. Well, we see them yeah. swimming, sort of, um, including including Optimus swimming with his gun held in one hand, which is pretty impressive. Because I'm just like they they shouldn't be able to swim. They should just sink to the bottom and just walk on the ocean floor. Well, in the obviously in this universe, water is just built different. Obviously. Um, so, uh, of course, unbeknownst well, to all the Autobots, Sparkplug is a fucking power slave. Um, no, at this well, point, yeah. Is this is? Do we get the conversation with Megatron and Shockwave here? Uh, uh, which one? Not yet. Not the, yet. I, I thought like the first one where uh, this is happening at the same time when Doctor Archivale's like, "Oh no, you're right," because he's arguing Starscream. So obviously, yeah, so not yet. Yes, he's, yeah, and and Auto, yeah. Er, Megatron's out fighting. So yeah, but first we cut back to the base where Sparkplug's acting like a real asshole. Oh yeah, um, so the, first... yeah, they, re- they rescue Sparkplug. So this, no, this yeah. is this is. Yes, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, we do get. That, oh no, My. sorry, all this was before this. Sorry, that's what it was. There was a scene before this that we didn't get to, um, where Megatron calls Shockwave, and um, he asks Shockwave, you know, he basically he's like, hey Sh- Shockwave, are you prepared and everything? And Archivale's looking over. Shockwave responds by saying, yes, everything is in readiness. Yeah, Shockwave has Weirdo. honestly, honestly, I love Shockwave's speech patterns. They're hilarious. Yes. He, he, and there's also 
I'm just, I, I kind of, I kind of don't like the fact that like most other versions of Shockwave just depict him as this like, and they, they just had this like emotionless speaking, like very robotic and logical or whatever. It's like, no, give, give me overly dramatic Shakespearean Shockwave. Give me more of him. <laughs> well, animated yeah. Shockwave is like that. Uh, because it is still Corey Burton doing it. Um, and then there's also a point, and I can't remember where it is, but uh, where um, Starscream opens his mouth and Skywarp's voice come as, comes out. Uh, of course. During his argument with, with, uh, so, with Archivel. Yeah, of anyway. course, at this point, we, we learn at some point that Archivel is working with Megatron because Megatron has promised to deliver him Earth to rule. Um, but he hasn't revealed his full plan yet. And his plan is revealed shortly, but first we get to see uh, Sparkplug messing around with uh, rewiring Wheeljack's ass. <laughs> it's, it's the small of his back, but it, I really thought it was his ass at first. Yeah. Well, he starts with Wheeljack, and then he goes to Ratchet. Yes, and he was like, like, he was not, he was like, bro, I'm, I literally didn't go on the mission. I'm uninjured. What are you doing? Ratchet's like, do we need to have a workplace sexual harassment talk? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he does he does go for the ass on Ratchet. And then, yeah. And then it goes hey. for Optimus, he goes straight for the tits. <laughs> yes, he does. What's going on, Sparkplug? Uh, but yeah, so... He's a single dad. He's a lonely man. Spike, Spike just looks at Wheeljack and goes... Something's wrong with my dad. It's Wheeljack's like, yep. Wheeljack's like, uh, no shit. <laughs> yeah, whenever Spike, whenever Spike tries to strike a conversation, Sparkplug just goes, "Not now, working," and shoves him out of the way. <laughs> Chipped Sparkplug is insane, by the way. Like, imagine what? the tr- if Spike's brain was fully formed and it had he hadn't just been butted out three three weeks ago. Um, he, this would cause so much trauma, but luckily he will forget all of this in two weeks. Well, when he dies again, and it's, that's true, <laughs> and they they uh, they, they got the next. One, remember, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, like, oops, spark plug, uh, sabotage Teletrain one, and now the Decepticons bust in and start shooting everybody. Uh oh, I okay. This is one of my absolute funniest moments in this whole episode is when Spike goes, how'd they get in? Gee, I don't know. Maybe through the giant goddamn hole. Yeah, you guys don't have defenses. They can just, they can come in whenever, really. Um, and yeah, also Teletrain, apparently, yeah, Teletrain 1 has an alarm system. Since it didn't, when? Yeah, since fucking when. Citation needed. Um, but it was sabotaged by Sparkplug, and he and Spike knows this because he trips over Sparkplug's favorite wrench sitting in front of the open panel to Teletrain One. Meanwhile, Bumblebee is getting fucking decapitated over like three feet away or whatever the fuck. There's a point in this fight where Thundercracker just anamorphs into Skywarp. Yeah, he does. Like it's it's one it's. A, a no-cut sequence, and between frames, he goes from being Thundercracker color to Skywarp color. Uh, of course he does. So, and also, can you just imagine if this scene had the exact same rules as the as the uh, shuttle attack scene from fucking the movie? Oh, oh god, it just li- literally just, entire franchise ended right here. 
just all of them get fucking executed. Um, oh, by the way, Sparkplug also sabotaged all their guns. Yeah, which... So they can't shoot back. Which, my thing about it is, like, because the first one we see malfunctioning is Optimus, but, like, Ratchet stopped him before he could start working on Optimus, so, like, when did he sabotage Optimus? I think, well, Optimus did get hit directly, so that was probably, because, like, I, I guess he just worked on the guns separately. He just, like, did something to all the guns. I guess. Fucking whatever. It's unclear. Regardless, don't Spike has a plan. Spike has a plan. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. He knows how to fix Teletrain 1. Here, all right, everyone, get out your notepads. Here's how you fix an extremely advanced supercomputer, all right? According to Step- a 16-year-old? <laughs> Step <laughs> 1. <laughs> Step one, throw wrench into computer. That's, that's it. That's, it. Every, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole, that's the whole step. Uh, and he, it's, this somehow causes Teletrain 1 to start spraying fire retardant foam, which is enough to deter the Decepticons. And they're like, oh my god, our circuits are gonna get wet. We gotta leave. Which, I just like, Go back to our underwater, to our underwater base yeah, where I, our I, circuits I, will not get wet anymore. I just don't know. I don't understand and the, why. And how and why did none of this uh, apparently extremely caustic fire retardant foam land on the Autobots? Yeah, it's or like Spike um, or Spark yeah, Plug. None of the good guys got hit. There was no friendly fire. Well, they. You see, Would- they're covered in fire retardant retardant. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, there we go. They've, they've, they've got a coating over them. Um, and this, I love this. Sparkplug is like, does the, does, does a Darth Vader? He's like, join me, son. We can, we can serve Megatron together. And Spike's like, no, dad, I don't wanna. Sparkplug is very, cause later on, whenever we see any of the other humans that are, you know, mind controlled, they're all just acting like, you know, emotionless machines. But Sparkplug seems like he must have got like a special kind of chip or something. And it's just, yeah, he got... I don't know, it's weird. He's very much, like, it's... not acting like he's mind control. He's just acting like he's just fully turned evil. Um, Megatron, Spark... Megatron is like, I'm gonna make it personal. I fucking hate these two guys. He he did swear revenge specifically on Spike one time. So, like, yeah, he did. probably yeah, maybe. No. Oh, yeah. He, he knows. Listen, you can tell who... Um, Megatron actually cares about based on whether or not he knows their names. Skyfire, yeah. he wants to kill personally. I uh, mean, yeah. I mean, Mirage, Mirage, he doesn't give a shit about because he just calls him Autobot later on. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Even though he is, the, he, you would think he'd remember him because he fucked his shit way up. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, mm. I mean, I don't know. But maybe, I guess he forgot. To be fair, he may not have gotten a good enough look at him. That's true. <laughs> he was like, who the fuck is that guy? And then his ship exploded. Yeah, they um, literally appeared for like 3.5 seconds. So, yeah, also the, the spark plug says, just like, next time we meet it will be as enemies. Do not call me father. It's like, what the fuck, bro? Dramatic much? What is, what is happening? Um, and finally, we get the reveal of what the fuck Megatron's plan is. And it is... Hey, have you ever seen the movie Melancholia? <laughs> insane no. so 
his plan is that he is going to bring Cybertron through the space bridge into Earth's orbit, just ravaging Earth in the process and drain and using all of that destruction to power Energon cubes. Now, you may think, well, Nero, surely Megatron isn't planning on being on Earth while this happens. Well, well, he didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> no, it's going to become a problem. Literally, the plot of Transformers Prime. Yes. Uh, it is. No. It, it pops up several times, but it, it here's this. So this plot, this this three parter forms. It. I know exactly what you think of. It is fifty percent of the plot of Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Yep. The oh, other fifty percent is Megatron's master plan, where they turn the humanity against the Autobots yeah. and shoot them into space. They literally took those two arcs. Mishmash them into one, added in more unnecessary human bullshit, and made a movie. Oh, that's so much of it. It even has, like, a fucking human turncoat in it. And laser beak kidnapping and assassinating people. So, yeah. It literally, they literally like, fucking five people ever wrote that movie? No, they just watched five episodes of the show. Which I'm just gonna say, um, is more research than they did for the other movies. That's true. So... Yeah, the pl- that's the plan. The Autobots realizes they're rushing out to try and stop them. Um, but the Decepticons have also been busy, and now the fucking Doctor Archerville has an entire army of mind slaves. And yes, all of them are wearing button-ups and hard hats because that's the only thing humans can wear in this show. And yes, they smoke weed. <laughs> and yes, they smoke weed. And I love, I love their plan, which is just oh, by the way, I forgot a detail about. Oh my god, this is amazing. So. Very early on, when Archiville is, is demonstrating the um, the the mind ships to Megatron, he he does so by bringing out a fucking replica of Optimus Prime, which Sparkplug then grabs by the leg and just throws across the room. For real, though, where where has Sparkplug been hiding this super strength all this time? It's insane, but no, these humans can't do that. What do they do instead? Is they just they pick up, <laughs> they just run up and up hit him with sticks, sticks. <laughs> and hit him. And mostly, mostly they just get in the way but, uh, and like prevent the Autobots from doing anything but, with, with with fear of you know hurting the squishies. However, may I point out that bu- that uh, what, because Bumblebee is the only one that is like you know relatively human sized, he actually like genuinely calls out for help because he actually is getting mobbed. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He's, he gets, Bumblebee gets beaten to death by a bunch of construction workers. Girl, help. Girl, I drowned. Girl, help. God, I mean, remember that time when IDW and Jazz shot that dude and fucking vaporized him? I have, and um, then I have, like, And then the Autobots were hated forever. I have, yeah. like, I'm like, not familiar with IDW very much, but, like, honestly, I believe it. Well, this was already, this was, yeah, this is already after Megatron had invaded and just killed a whole lot of people. Uh, So already they weren't necessarily super happy about Cybertronians. And then Jazz Jazz shot a a guy. Jazz did a goof and it ended the war. (laughs) Basically, basically fucked the Autobots forever. Uh, Yeah, sounds about right. Us. Thankfully, Jazz does not do that here. That would have gone out. That would have gone really, <laughs> really funny. Okay. 
Okay, here's a question. Which one of the Autobots would just ignore them and just start fucking stepping on them? Uh, Cliff Jumper? (laughs) (laughs) If he were big enough. I mean, Skyfire, just because he can't see that low. Oh, God. Skyfire Skyfire can't see past his tits. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Uh, Skyfire, did your feet used to be that red? um, Oh, dear. So... Anyway, the fucking they they activate the space bridge, and I love Sparkplug activating one of these like pylons, and he's like, "Yes, pylon one is active." Rejoice, my Decepticon brethren! <laughs> he's so fucking excited. Oh, and sp- I wrote down here that Shockwave's tits look even bigger than they did last time in this shot when he shows up here. I'm not even gonna lie, I swear throughout the show, it seems like every- with each new episode where we see Shockwave, it's like they draw his chest just a little bit bigger. <laughs> Fucking Pharrell's hat. <laughs> but it's Shockwave's tits. So, yeah, yeah they, they they fucking get two of the pylons activated, and then, but Me- Optimus has realized what's happening, he goes to the third one, and Megatron's like, wait, Optimus, if you destroy that pylon, Cybertron will also be destroyed, and Optimus's like, is that true? And he's like, hmm. And then Megatron's um, you want to take that chance? <laughs> and Optimus goes, no, no, I don't. And just... Cybertron appears over Earth and starts tearing it apart, which, by the way, would also probably tear Cybertron apart. Like, two bodies of a relative size with their gravity acting on each other would go ba- very badly. Much, much worse than this episode portrays. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, way, much way worse. worse. I mean, it's not, like, the scales are not correct in the show, but it is pretty, it is implied that Cybertron is quite a bit bigger than Earth. Yeah. So Cybertron yeah. would have the superior gravitational pull, but Earth still has enough gravitational pull that it should do something to Cybertron. Yeah, shit sh- should be getting fucked then up. Again, I don't um, know. Considering Cybertron is literally just a giant lump of metal, I, I don't it's know. It's quite dense. It's quite dense. Regardless. It's quite dense. There's also, wait. What? Well, well, there's also a point here as this is going on as well where. Um, Spike tries to plead with Sparkplug. Yes. Um, and he's basically doing Autobots are friends, not food. <laughs> and, um... And for, the, for a second, it works! It, it works for a second in Archivale season, and he's like, hang on. <laughs> and he, he, he pushes the mind control level lever more, and that works. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, this episode ends with Cybertron starting to come on through. And I will say, the animation here is actually very cool. Um, yes. They do, so, they do some things with layers. Um, yeah. With, and, yeah, again, like, like all of the Cybertron stuff, as as it was in the first episode, is, like, very intricately painted backgrounds that actually look yeah, really good. Yeah, it looks, yes. looks fucking great. I, that actually look very, very good. And then you have, like, these layering of some, like translucent effects over it of like smoke and wind and stuff and it actually it looks great like again i we give the animators a lot of crap but this part looked good <laughs> i'm I, guessing these episodes are where they spend a lot of the budget because like this is this is the big three-parter big story arc one of my favorite moments is when cybertron first appears like first you have like the really cool effect of the space bridge opening up cybertron slowly emerging through it and then it closes behind it 
But then you actually see Cybertron absorb a portion of the Earth's atmosphere. Like, that was a cool shot. Just the way they animated the the air flowing from Earth to Cybertron, which is actually kind of what would happen. Yeah. And I mean, we we don't see... We don't see any shots of cities in the next or third episode, but like millions and millions and millions are dead after this, right? We did see that tidal wave hit a coastal town, so I mean that's probably the closest Just we're gonna get. Untold devastation on the earth here. Oh yeah, um, Mi- literally millions, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, dead, ravaged by. Earthqu- just the earthquakes and the tidal waves alone, not even getting into the extreme weather. Uh, uh, the, remember that movie 2012? Remember what happened to California in that movie? That's happening to California right now in the second episode of this three-parter. Mm-hmm. Speaking we of... We had our own Pearl Harbor here today, Ashley Cachadorian. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, I, I like that this this three-parter has like special narration for previously on and next time on. And Victor Caroli comes in and it's like, next time on the Transformers, the ultimate doom, li- part two. Yeah, they literally only bring him in for special episodes. Like, they brought him in for the yeah. pilot, they, and they bring him in for a few more special episodes later on in the show. Oh, yeah, you gotta save those pipes. They're yeah. valuable. And they also um, used him as the opening narration for the movie. Yes. The year is 2005. <laughs> um... So, part two, uh, Earth's doing bad, but Megatron's doing great. I like the line here where he says, I'm invincible, and I don't... Alright, we need to talk about Megatron for a minute here. What did, what, what did he think was going to happen when he did this? Yeah. <laughs> like, he knew what was going to happen. Did he? Did he internalize... That his operation would still mostly be on Earth. I think an important thing to remember about G1 Megatron is that he's very much not a scientist. He has a a team of people. He has a lot of scientists working for him. In season one, mostly Starscream and Shockwave. But by the time that the Constructicons are here, there's a lot of people who are contributing science to the Decepticon Claws. That is not his forte. When it comes to, like, um, when it comes to fields of knowledge... G1 Megatron is by far the least knowledgeable, the least skilled. G1 Megatron yes. literally only exactly. knows how to fight and how to, like, command troops. He has no other skill he's kind set. Of, he's kind of the Elon Musk of G1, if you think he about really it. Is. He, and you yeah, know, has a lot of power. Big ideas, man. Hold on a minute now. G1 Megatron does actually know how to do some things. Let's, That's true. He has he, he has skills. I mean, he has some skills. I mean, like, th- listen, I mean, he gets clowned on a lot once they're on Earth, but, I mean, by the time they reached Earth, the Decepticons had, like, basically almost won the war, so he had to have done something right. Or maybe it was a little Starscream, because here's the thing, right? You are correct, Audrey, that Shockwave and Starscream are like science officers. Shockwave is too much of a yes man to like say anything to Megatron, but Starscream is always bringing up like, "Hey, Megatron, this plan's stupid as fuck." What does Megatron do? Yell at him, throw things at him, push him over, kick him in the dick, <laughs> disrespect him. I mean, 
choke him as happens in this episode uh, yeah and i will say in this episode uh, listen there's not a ton to admire about g1 starscream really but you do gotta admire his commitment to defiance i think a lot of people's perception of starscream rightfully uh gets colored by how cowardly he is at points but there's also like an odd number of points for him more than in a lot of other um media for the transformers where he actually like even when he's getting throttled is like what the fuck are you doing well i mean because yeah because even by this point megatron has threatened to kill starscream so many times and not even attempted to follow through on it starscream has kind of gotten this like overinflated sense of like he can he's going to push me around he's gonna he's probably seriously hurt me he's not actually going to kill me because yeah, like ridiculous I, I think he and i both had the exact same thought when megatron says i will not warn you again i think he and i both thought well that's just not true <laughs> um but this is your come on it, now yeah megatron gives out as many final warnings as disney makes first gay characters mm-hmm. This is your fucking 47th final warning, Starscream. I mean it this time. I'm so and, you know, serial. It took, and, you know, it took a while, but eventually these warnings catch up to other versions of Starscream. Like, say, Cyberverse Starscream. Mm, or Prime. No! Well, it, it, I would include Prime. Almost. It almost caught up with him. He, it only didn't catch up with him because a cave-in happened. That's true. That's true. Um, but regardless, yeah, like Starscream was like, hey, idiot. Because what happens is he commands the Decepticons to fight, and they just get owned by environmental hazards. Rumble literally falls in a crevasse. Okay. He's, he's gone. The funniest thing is that like, it starts off, he's like, alright, Thundercracker, you're with me. And um, they go, and he's like, okay, fire. And Thundercracker's like, Starscream, the wind's blowing right in our face. And uh, Starscream's like, I said fire. And so Thundercracker fires, and the fire blows right into their faces. Like, I'm not going to lie, the first time I watched this, I was not expecting literal fire. I was expecting missiles. I'm like, why are you worried about yeah. the wind yeah. when you're shooting fucking missiles? And then he just yeah, apparently- uses a flamethrower. I'm like, oh, <laughs> when, when the fuck did you, when the fuck do you have this and jazz and windcharger are watching from the ground and making snide remarks and windcharger <laughs> yeah. specifically uh says i've heard of hot feet but that's the first hot nose i ever saw shut your mouth windcharger <laughs> it's no, so no, it's so funny all let him keep talking let him make fun of the little bitch boy <laughs> It's so funny because all of the Autobots just like stand around and watch all of the Decepticons fail miserably, and they're just like, "This is great! I love this." There are so many times in G One where the Autobots like rock up to something and they see the Decepticons just beating the shit out of each other, and they just they're like, "You know what? Let's you know what? Get the popcorn. Where's the lawn chairs?" <laughs> or yeah, that's what ha- that's what literally what Mirage saw in the third part of More Than Meets Eye. He got up to the ship, and all of the Decepticons were fighting. Oh my god! God damn it, Bo- guys! <laughs> you just gotta you can pull it together for just like thirty fucking minutes. You can win this whole thing. But like, to be fair, this time they aren't fighting each other; they're fighting up the planet and losing. Yeah. 
So Megatron seems undeterred by all of that. So he turns to Soundwave and says, hey, I need you to clear this work area. Can you use one of your fucking sonic blasts? And which okay. Which he cleared the work area all right of all the work <laughs> Yeah, so first of all, he fucking turned th- this sonic blast turns off all of the s- the fucking hypno chips. Good job, Megatron. Second of all, his own troops are not immune to it. It <laughs> Starscream and Thundercracker fucking fall out of the sky. <laughs> and uh, finally everyone starts running away um all the autobots start retreating and i gotta say it's very funny to watch Sparkplug crawl into skywarp's cockpit which i i do i guess it is be- i guess it's because dr archville had to like increase the power of the ship when spike like basically actually managed to break through the hypnosis but why did this not free Sparkplug along with the other humans he's special special he's he he has that extra strength hypno chip we we needed the emotional impact yes yeah that's definitely what we got (laughs) yeah so after all that soundwave turns it off megatron is immune i guess this is when uh starscream walks up to megatron and says hey dipshit did you forget we were gonna be on the planet when it was exploding and shit and megatron literally just chokes him out yeah megatron chokes him out and goes i'm not owned i'm not owned yeah and like and like, this is your last warning one more fucking word and i'll blow you up and starts goes yeah what what the fuck ever man <laughs> meanwhile laser pig's still taking dudes he's been on dude taking duty for the past fucking 30 hours or whatever yeah i'm pretty sure this is yeah, I'm pretty sure this is like um, this is a major like uh, human resources violation. Laserbeak is entitled to at least uh, uh, an hour break every um, eight hours. He gets a he gets an energon cracker every time he comes back. <laughs> so, Meg, this Archerville's like, hey, uh, Megatron, I want to talk. I want to talk to you about some. Um, you you said I could uh, rule over the Earth once you were done with it, and I can't help but notice that. Um, it's being destroyed. And Megatron goes, Megatron's losing. Yeah, you, you. Sorry. You can rule over Earth. What's left of it? Oh, seems like a you problem. I'm, it seems like a you problem, asshole. I would like to point out as well. Like, I think this actually, uh, Judge Archibald actually did bring this up once before when uh, he found out yes. they were bringing Cybertron here, and Megatron was literally just like, "Uh, that seems like a you problem, fam." <laughs> And Archibald's beginning to think, you know, maybe Megatron isn't the best business partner. Um, so, you know, but, you know, and Archibald also remarks, hey, I don't really feel safe also being here. And Megatron's like, that's fine. I built an exact replica of your lab on Cybertron. You can just go up there. And so A lot of Spark this plug. is spent on Cybertron now. Mm-hmm. Yes, he he reshipped Sparkplug because the chip was a little bit fucked up by Soundwave's sonic scream. Yeah. Um, and so we, we reship him and he brings him up to Cybertron with him. Uh, actually, you know, actually, no, hold on. They sent Sparkplug up with an Energon shipment and Dr. Archival is like, hey, yo, what the fuck? Why are you sending one of my slaves up to Cybertron when I can't control? When I have to control them from my computer here on Earth, and Megatron's like, "That's right." Yeah, is like, that's Megatron's right. like, "Oh, uh, didn't? Oh, did I forget to tell you? Yeah, we uh, we replicated your computer up on Cybertron, so uh, it's not just you anymore." And Archibald's like, "Um, 
Fuck. <laughs> this is why you need a fucking mad scientist union, Archiville. Mm-hmm. This is this is the episode where Archiville uh, says, I never thought the robots killing humans party would drown my slaves. <laughs> so drowning my place. <laughs> yeah, Autobots are having a bad time. Um, as were the Decepticons. They're like struggling through the wind and the rain. Uh, Bumblebee gets a flat. And like has to rouse Spike from his fucking depression to change his tire. I mean, which I uh, I mean, Bumblebee does most of the work. All Spike has to do is just like hold the spare tire and like catch the bolts and stuff when uh, Bumblebee like screws them off himself. Right. So, but while they're doing that, Bumblebee also falls into a ravine. Mm-hmm. Oops. Yeah. This is there's a very weird and stupid rescue. Um, so yeah, for, there's gears. there's a lot there's a lot of fucking no there's a lot of there we need to go down these list of events one by one. Number yeah. one, Bumblebee falls into the ravine and is hanging on by a thread. Number two, Laserbeak swoops in and grabs Spike. Number three, Hound and Windcharger see this and shoot Laserbeak down, which I must say is pretty risky considering he's holding on to spike mm-hmm. oh it's, it's i think it's yeah it's blue streak who shoots him down number four that's like, that's like that <laughs> hound catches spike by transforming into a jeep and jumping up while spike is falling so i guess hound has very very cushiony seats i mean it, honestly though I do I do actually agree with the physics of that. It probably didn't feel good, but it probably felt a no. whole lot better than hitting the ground. He definitely broke his tailbone, but it's fine because this version of Spike will be dead in two days and we'll have a fresh one out of the vat. <laughs> Number six, Bumblebee falls entirely down the canyon. Number seven, Windcharger uses a tractor beam to grab him. That is how Bumblebee gets rescued. Yeah, I, I just... That's like 30% of the episode. The amount of times that a... If I had... If I had a dollar for every time that a tractor beam was used, like, in completely nonsensical ways in sci-fi, because I just, like... You know, I accept the whole idea of a tractor beam being used to, like, you know, capture a small spaceship and pull it into a larger spaceship. I accept that. But pulling up a whole-ass Autobot from the bottom of a canyon when the tractor beam is powered by another Autobot who is relatively the same size? No. Why isn't it just magnets? Magnets is Windcharger's literal only thing. Yeah, seriously. But it's not... Use them. <laughs> yeah, well, because they wanted to put the spotlight on Gears right now. <laughs> Gears? Was Gears even there? Wait, wait. I don't think Gears was there. Yeah, was it? Was it? No, Windcharger was the one with the tractor beam. Yeah, Gears was, was not it? there oh, at thought... all. Yeah, Gears? I don't think Gears was even in this entire trilogy of yeah, episodes. We never I'm, saw him. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm on TF Wiki. I'm looking at all three of the character lists for these episodes. Gears, not here. Gears was never. No, he's he's in. He's in part one, apparently. That did not look like him. Wind Charger's root mode. It was definitely Wind Charger. It was Wind Charger. Gears, Gears is... I can, I can tell because Gears, like Huffer, has no abilities other than complaining. 
Uh, also, gears, gears. So I will say they did give gears a very distinctive look and voice. He sounds like a little gremlin. Mm-hmm. He sounds. He's he he sounds like a hobbit. Um. <laughs> regardless, they save Bumblebee. Finally, uh, and they head back to base where everything is fine. Never mind, everything is not fine. But first, they have to activate the. This is amazing. So they activate the Dinobots because they're like, "Wow, shit's fucked out there. We need the big boys on this." Uh-huh. Well, yeah, yeah. So it, they're they're looking out, and Ratchet and Wheeljack are having this conversation, and Wheeljack's like, "Well, we certainly can't do anything about that, but I know who can." And Ratchet's like, "Who?" And Wheeljack goes, "Why, of course, our our five big beautiful sons who we love very much, Ratchet." And so they open the f- stopping us from divorcing. They open up the fucking cave where the Dinobots apparently just stand around until they're needed. It's awful. Like I, I don't disagree with Grimlock. Grim- so they're like, anyway. So yeah, Wheeljack's like, "Hey, Grimlock, we need you to go save this." And Grimlock's like, "I'm not doing that." Yeah, he's like, he's like, I don't care if the whole planet, planet falls apart. And Wheeljack's like, um, bitch, you're standing on it. <laughs> and it's... Grimlock says, you know, you make a good point. <laughs> Grimlock looking at a world-ending astronomical body on a collision course with the Earth like the meteor that killed the dinosaurs. That won't stop me, because I can't read. <laughs> he doesn't, say, he doesn't know. Based on what happens later in the show... I am sincerely thankful that no, that none of them sought to look up and notice that Cybertron was literally right over their heads because they would have ran off to Cybertron in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yes, they would. They definitely would. That is... <laughs> yeah, they. thankfully their necks just aren't articulated enough for that. Um, but if you but... hold a grim lock up to... <laughs> <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio tweet. Uh, <laughs> so the, while the Dinobots are out trying to stop tsunamis from killing everyone in fucking slag, can't United look at the States. night sky. But if you but, hold, hold, but if up. you hold a triceratops, <laughs> oh, you, can, you can tilt him up so he can see the stars. I would like to be treated <laughs> like that. If Wheeljack wrote that tweet, <laughs> <laughs> so. Then, but but thankfully everything's fine now. Oh wait, never mind. The fucking, the f- but it's so funny because in this sequence both bases are just having a bad time of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Decepticon base is it's flooding. One volcano exploding in a Transformer series, Michael. How bad can it be? Yeah. So first of all, in the Decepticon base, it starts fucking flooding. Um, and Starscream is literally just standing in there. The like, the, my base has no business looking like this. Yeah, I, I just. And then Starwave starts panicking because it can't get the yeah, door he... open. <laughs> door stuck. Door stuck. Megatron. Door stuck. <laughs> Megatron. Just blows oh, isn't it, it up. Isn't it Mayday Mayday that he says? Yeah, yes, it's Mayday, Mayday Mayday. 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 It's a bug hunt, man. Like, can I just like... We're fucked. One of the only times that G1 Megatron actually sounds like... Scared is when he tells them, I was like, stand back so I can get the door open, you idiot! <laughs> and Starscream is the whole time just sitting there like, yeah, pretty cool plan, man. Pretty fucking cool plan, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, great. Yeah, don't mind me. God, I, I hate just, you, Megatron. Don't mind me. I'm just sitting over here with my big steaming bowl and I told you so! 
And this this time Megatron cannot fucking rebuke him. Like, no, the, <laughs> there's nothing you can say to this. You did fuck up. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Ark is also having a bad time of it because, oops, the, the fucking volcano is active again. So we get a shot here of four Autobots that cover cover every size and shape of Autobot that we get. It is Ironhide Optimus, Bumblebee, and Skyfire. Yeah, I want to say, I want to point something out because it's so fucking funny. Can I just say, though, first, that the size difference between (laughs) Bumblebee and Skyfire is unconscionable. (laughs) It's insane. He comes up to, like, his knee. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane, uh, but so yeah, it's those. It's, it starts with those three. Then the volcano starts erupting, and afterwards, like everyone evacuates. Shit's about to get bad, and you just see Skyfire run out from a side room. I just, I just love the fact that like Skyfire has, was he just Skyfire literally just like he just honestly Skyfire is a mood because he literally just hides in his room all day until something until something goes yeah. on that forces him to come out. <laughs> We stand in we stand an introvert king. Um, he's he's an action man in these episodes, though. I will he say, is. I love him. He, he gets some he gets some real W's in. Yeah, yeah, but I just love him running out of his room, like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Oh shit! <laughs> because seems then, ba- now, now I'm no geologist, but that seems bad. <laughs> so um, well, actually, then this guy actually is technically a geologist. He's a xenobiologist. Oh. Or was oh, that Starscream's you. field? Maybe they're both, xeno- maybe. They're both xenobiologists. Okay. They went okay, on. They bad. went on uh, uh, journeys together to document life on foreign planets. Okay, both thank you. I couldn't remember exactly what their field of study was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, so, I got you. <laughs> thank you. Then we see. Then we see the volcano erupts, and fucking like Ratchet and Brawn and a bunch of other dudes get fucking Braun launched and out. Charger just get blasted. God damn it. <laughs> Well, and Skyfire Charger cannot get a fucking break in these episodes. Can no. we just say? Um, he's so I Ironhide. Mean, Ironhide like watches all this and he's like, "I gotta do something. I'm going in." He just goes and he in. Goes, and goes in, and Bumblebee's like, "Optimus, what can Ironhide do in there?" And Optimus is like, "I don't know." <laughs> let let him cook, Bumblebee. And let I, him cook. I just like Optimus. You were showing a surprising lack of care for your apparent best friend running into an active volcano. <laughs> yeah, he's my he's my fucking oldest comrade. We fought <laughs> side by side for fucking millions of years. But his best friend is Roller. <laughs> <laughs> his I, best friend is Teletran One. <laughs> I love you, Teletran One. Yeah, but so Ironhide. Now we we had in, in episode one we had interesting ideas about water physics. In episode two, we have interesting ideas on how volcanoes work. Did you know? You can just turn off a volcano. I mean, just, just turn it off. To be, to be fair, honestly, because it's been a long time since I watched these episodes. When I when I was rewatching these for this, where I thought this was going, because it honestly it would it, it wouldn't have made any more real world sense. But it would have made some amount of cartoon sense is if I thought that Ironhide's nitroglycerin gun, his his liquid nitrogen gun was going to come back out. I thought he was going to... Yeah, no, that's what I I thought thought was going to happen as well. I thought he was going to try and freeze the lava, which actually would have made some sense. 
it yes. wouldn't in well, the real because... world it wouldn't have worked, but it would have made but sense. It, it does make sense because you're, you're you're neutralizing the energy of the lava now. What he does instead is bury the lava with a bunch of rocks, which is not... Now, a volcano... Or, I don't know if you all know this, but a volcano erupts because of a large amount of pressure buildup. Mm-hmm. And... And you can't turn off a volcano by adding more pressure. And also, I don't sure know you if can. you know... Ironhide just did it. And also, I, I don't know if true. you know this, but lava is molten rock. So, it's really hot. So dropping more rocks into melted rocks is it's just going to give you more melted rocks. It's like when you have it's like when you're doing like wax worms or like wax seals, when you drop more wax into the liquid wax, you get more melted wax. You don't you don't suddenly turn the wax solid. But it's fine. They turn it off. Um, yeah, they, they, they turned it we, off. They turned it off. Honestly, like I would have been less, it would I would have been less angry if they had just shown Ironhide finding a secret room in the volcano and, tr- and flipping the off switch. <laughs> Wheeljack installed that. Flip <laughs> um, the off switch yeah, and it explodes. So we see the Dinobots heroically saving uh, uh, an abandoned coastline by by sort of um redirecting the tsunamis meanwhile uh a few a few miles away fucking there the coastal city has just been annihilated hundreds of thousands dead millions more missing uh but it's it's okay because they saved this beach mm-hmm. it's okay the tourism money is going to pay for all of that Exactly. exactly. All those all those tourists that are going to be left. I mean, um, I mean, let I mean, let's be real though. The Dinobots would. The Dinobots would leave a city to burn, and they would protect the forest. Exactly, and they're right to do it. Um, so Spike overhears the Autobots talking about something. And is like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And Optimus says, Spike, I didn't want to tell you this. I think maybe we should. So I'm going to tell it to you. Like, we shouldn't tell the boy. And Spike's like, tell me what. It's like, oh well, I guess I should tell you. <laughs> Optimus, you don't have to. You don't have to tell him anything. But he's like, "Oh, uh, your dad's on Cybertron." He's like, "What?" And he's like, oh, "That's exactly what I wanted, didn't want to tell you." And then why did you tell him to get that single tear? <laughs> he I mean, does cry a single tear. I get, I get, you know what, Optimus? You know what? Do you, we know the G one Optimus is like the ultimate dad Optimus. He's he his weakness is the puppy eyes. That's true. Um, so, Skyfire gets a band of idiots together to go to Cybertron. Um, who, who the fuck is this? Like, Brawn? It's Brawn Wheeljack, Bum- and Bumblebee. Bumblebee and Skyfire um, all go, uh, yeah. There's, there's a few more. Um, Jazz they're, comes they're, along. Jazz is, right. right. Jazz Trailbreaker is there. I think, there, yeah, Trailbreaker is there. Is that Trailbreaker? And then... It is, yeah. No, it's definitely Trailbreaker. That's the last one. Is Trailbreaker okay? And they fly up. They fly up to Cybertron. Um, they find <laughs> they find the Hypno Control Chip Control Station, conveniently labeled Hypno Chip Control Station. Yes. Um, Thanks, and, and Bron says, "Hmm, that looks like the Hypno Chip Control Station." Again, though, I can't even be mad at Braun about any of this because he's such the MVP. He, really he is, is. and I then he calls. He, he 
he calls Wheeljack and says, hey, Wheeljack, I think I found something called the Hypnochip Control Station. And Wheeljack goes, Hypnochip, eh? I wonder what that means. God. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Meanwhile, Spike it's finds his dad. Spike finds his dad and he's like, dad, I found you. And then Spark <laughs> Plug sounds the alarm. But after struggling a little bit, he's like, oh, I can't betray my son. And then Arkaville nudges the lever and he just pulls the uh, pulls the fire alarm and says, you're going to fucking die, kid. So we're into the Ultimate Doom Part 3 now. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. And um, Braun has a very interesting line here when all the Decepticons show up. What was the line? Um, what does, what does is, he say? I don't suppose I could interest any of you in a magazine subscription. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... Hey, Braun, uh, what does that mean? What you the fuck? Girl, you are under fucking attack. <laughs> yeah, because what happens, it's so funny, what happens is that shock bumblebee like sparkle has called the alarm spike is fucking crying with his face completely dead um the tears are streaming down but his face isn't looking sad he's just like staring straight ahead mm-hmm. bumblebee yeah, turns he's around crying and says, more we-. now he had the single tear in the last yeah. episode but he is now crying without in fact moving he's gotten like botox yeah he's frozen <laughs> bumblebee turns around and says we gotta get out of here and runs directly into shockwave's dick who is just standing there now. He's like, hey, who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Um, and Sparkplug body blocks Spike from escaping. And and um, Shocker was like, yes, excellent. Hold him right there. I'm going to blow him up with my arm cannon. And, and Braun, Mr. President's Spike. Um, Braun actually gets hit by Shockwave, which is remarkable because Shockwave ca- can't shoot for shit. He really cannot. No, he can't. Well, I which mean, is, I mean, what? I mean, to be fair, Shockwave, Shockwave ain't got no ain't got no depth perception. Yes, it's true. On the other hand, he is a gun. Which I we I think this is the first time we see his alternate mode. Is, is this it episode? Is, yeah. No, we saw we it, it's not. We saw it in um the other one. Very briefly. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh yeah. I we think did. this is the first time he. F- fires in it this yeah this is the first time he fires but he remember he runs the same tests over and over again and he tells the same yes. story oh yeah um and he he shoots like does practices while his robot minion is like i love that short story shockwave it gets better every time you tell it so then uh Soundwave runs in accompanied by two random miscolored seekers just two guys who now these dudes between- don't have e-hobby toys. Yeah, these these two seekers switch between several different seekers <laughs> throughout the scene. Yeah. Um at one point one's Thundercracker, one's Acid Storm. Well, one- no, I think so like I think no. these two have actually Oh, well, that, he definitely turns one of them definitely does turn into Thundercracker at some point. But right, before I, I'm that, saying, they're not they're not the actual characters. I'm saying they're coloring. Yeah. Like turns into but, Thundercracker. Yeah. Starscream's there at one point. <laughs> Yes, but specifically this dark green seeker is one we've seen before. He and the baby blue guy too. These two actually showed up in More Than Meets the Eye Part Two, I think, as just random guys. Oh shit! Oh wow! So these, okay. are just, yeah. these are just some yeah. These are just some fucking dudes. Um, then Braun sh- fucking one shot Soundwave after Judo throwing these jets. And then yeah, and then. One shot shockwave. 
honestly, Braun fucking short king, we stan him. Yeah. He... What happened to him in the movie? Did someone fucking like oh, got, slip oh, him Braun some was, armor thinner? Braun was on the shuttle. Yeah, so if you're on the shuttle, you take a fucking negative 70 to armor. No, like, here's what happened. In the shuttle, Braun was literally, like, the Decepticons broke in. Braun was the first one to notice, and he just, and he was, like, the first one to try to attack them, and then he got fucking wrecked by Megatron. Was it, was it, I, okay, so it was Megatron, because I thought for some reason he was killed by just Scavenger shooting him with a pistol, but I, no, he, the I, fact Megatron, that it's I Megatron. Can, Megatron transformed into a gun, landed in Starscream's hand, and then Starscream just shot Braun point blank. Right. That's, I like how we speak- can hear how formative this was for you as a child. <laughs> yes, you, you remember the sequence perfectly. I have watched, you have, no, you are just, you are, I have watched this movie so many times. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, instruments of destruction is playing in your head right now as we speak. It's, it, it's, it, it's true, true. I don't, re- I, so, I don't tell you the words to save my life, but I can hear it in my head. Speaking of shot point blank, uh, Skyfire Kool Aid Man's through the wall. <laughs> well, what? No, well, no, no, no. He doesn't. What well, he does? So he Skyfire blows it up. <laughs> No, no, he doesn't. Shockwave does. So Skyfire is the last one to try to get out of there, and Shockwave goes, "You can't get out!" and tries to shoot at Sh- Skyfire, blasts the wall open, and Skyfire just looks at him and goes, "I can now." No, well, no, we you, you missed this. When yeah. they show up, yeah. Skyfire yeah. blasts the wall open and, he, and gets this perfect line, like, "Can anyone join the party, or do we need an invitation?" Oh, you're yes. right. Sorry. The the right the entrance, he, he, not the exit. <laughs> There's a lot of cool lane man in this. He uh, fucking oh, he fucking obliterates these two generic seekers. <laughs> They're just dead. Um, I'm a pacifist, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So that yeah, then then Shockwave accidentally blows up the uh, the wall there, uh, and then there, this shot made me fucking cackle out loud because after they they get they all get out of there. And then they cut to the front door where Starscream and Thundercracker are just, like, standing guard silently. And there's, like, a beat. And then the fucking door explodes and they go flying. <laughs> we didn't hear Starscream's trademark squeal. <laughs> yeah, we didn't hear him go, ah! Also, there's, this is the shot where uh, they, they misaligned which button Soundwave presses to send off an alert. But they he sure supposed did. To, they sure they did. Was, he sure he taps supp- his dick. He, sure he was supposed to be pressing the like the the back button, but he definitely just presses his dick. I mean, Decepticons. Yeah, he he sounds the alarm. This is when <laughs> Starscream and Thundercracker get blown up. It's so fucking funny. They do chase them in Tetrajet mode, which I appreciated. Yes. yes, I very much appreciated that. And then they get the minions on the ground who are still in, like, hovercraft mode. Yeah, I think those guys are, like, I guess that's what the reflectors turned into before. I, I guess, which I'm just, like, I... Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that, but, but they really needed to become the more powerful camera when they got Yes. <laughs> I had such a weird concept for, like, even in the realm of G1... Such a strange concept. Yeah. Um, so fucking they uh they manage to escape. Skyfire shoots the seekers out of the sky. Um 
who at he's one point no are prisoners. Bo- he's at one now. On I must say, I, I must say, I have the episode on the background. In but each in between cuts, the two Tetradead Seekers are both colored like Skywarp, colored like Scarp and Thundercracker, and both colored like Thundercracker. <laughs> What's your point? Excellent work. So yeah, they 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 give the the cars a little slip, and they head to fucking Wheeljack's workshop, where he's like, "I can probably figure out how to get rid of these hypno chips." <laughs> then we cut down to Earth, and um, I there's the Autobots are surfing. It's <laughs> I mean they sure are. I don't. I mean because. My thing is, we had just established, apparently, that the way they cross to they cross oceans is Wheeljack's new hydrofoils that he installed in their vehicle modes. Right. But now, they're, they have... They're surfing on them. They have surfboards that apparently have, surf under their own power? Yeah, they, there's, there's not, they aren't really surfing on a wave. There's a wave coming, but they aren't surfing on the wave. Which, I just want they, to um, Blue Streak's reaction to seeing the tidal wave behind them is the funniest fucking thing. It made me, I had to yes. pause from how hard I was laughing. Yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, because they're like, hey, there's a, my early, uh, my early warning sensors are saying there's a really big thing behind us. And yeah, Blue Streak turns around and goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then he goes, um, Gangway, surf's up, and I'm talking up. <laughs> I don't know how a tsunami sneaks up on you, but you know, I, the Autobots can find a way. I, I, I mean, appara- so, apparently, apparently, literally anything can sneak up on the Autobots. They have very poor peripheral vision. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, in fairness, in fairness, the Decepticons do too. So they go to this fucking artificial island where Arkaville has set up question mark I don't know what this facility is for really Um, but there's a lot of mind control dudes Frenzy literally trips a guy for no reason it was Rumble he's just being an asshole yeah yeah, excuse me it's Rumble Uh, Rumble Frenzy does not exist in the fucking cartoon Um, not yet Fucking friend, Rumble literally trips a dude for no reason. Yeah. Um. So what this machine is is that apparently the idea is like it's supposed to be a giant funnel for the tidal wave that's going to like funnel the wave in, and then the wave will spin the turbines, which activate the generators, which generate huge fucking amounts of power that they collect into energon cubes, and. I'm just looking at this thing. I'm like, there is literally no way that this structure is capable of withstanding a tidal wave. Like, it's like, uh, that, it's like that scene in Lord of the Rings with oh uh, the Ents in the in the two towers. Yeah, yes! yeah, yes! yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. I was like, where are you going with this? By I the way. <laughs> I have it on, and I have it on the background, and yet again, I have it. I have I have a Starscream face to show you all. Oh boy! I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. This is an this is an amazing Starscream face I've got for you here. Here it comes. <laughs> oh yeah, he looks, he's so mad about this. He looks um, like that one cat. <laughs> 
So there's there's yeah. a couple lines I want to talk about here um, where, yeah, yeah, so Archiville, like, Starscream is on the side, like, talking to Archiville about this tidal wave, and um, Starscream's like, who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> uh, and um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're talking and like Starscream is going to be like, Hey, Megatron su- sh- suck shit. You should work for me. And Megatron comes over here and is like, Hey, what's going on in this neck of the woods? <laughs> and like Archival and Starscream just look at him and they don't say anything. And <laughs> Megatron is like, cool. Starscream and, and throws this, this thing at him. Um, go, go, Starscream, go put this, like, generator in, and Starscream's like, no, it's a stupid idea, and <laughs> Megatron says, I'm not asking again, asking again, um, once again, once again asking, um, and so Starscream, like, walks off, and then Megatron just looks at Archiville, and Archiville's like, you're going to kill all my slaves, they're going to drown, and Megatron <laughs> says, I thought humans like to play in the ocean. Also, don't talk to my mistress. He has terrible ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't, don't. Starscream's a bad influence. Don't talk to him. So wait a minute. Wait. And that's what our. So wait a minute. If Starscream's a mistress, who's the wife? Soundwave. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Shockwave? Is he the cuck? No. Shockwave. No, 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 no. Soundwave is Megatron's wife. Shockwave is Soundwave's wife. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm, we're untangling the fucking Decepticon command polycule. It's just like the it's FTX like, polycule. It's going yeah, to that's exactly result what in I was going to say. <laughs> Shockwave and Starscream are both doing things with each other on the side. Like, uh-huh, a, chi- exactly. like a Chinese court. <laughs> yep, it's just fucking oh. deceit and deception all over the place. Decept- they should make... <laughs> Hey, whoever whoever is writing the new whoever gets the new fucking Transformers comic book license, please write me like a like a fucking court drama with all this fucking intrigue and romance. Thanks, Judge. Anyway, Powell. anyway, Archibald's like you know maybe 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 that Starscream guy is the better dude to work with. Yeah, bitch, you thought. Yeah, we'll see how that turns out in a future episode. <laughs> um, meanwhile. The Autobots fucking surf in, and they're here to do some fighting. The this funnel does not work. It does not hold up very well at all. Yeah, it like it 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 works in the sense that it does collect the energy from the wave, but it's literally use. Yeah, it just breaks because, instantly. as I said, one wave and the thing is fucking gone. Yep. Uh, Megatron decides that's enough energy. He's gonna peace out. Archiville is left hanging. All the Autobots are wet. Starscream get, grabs Archiville. And by the way, when he comes out of the water, he is drawn very voluptuously. Did anyone see this? He's like, fuck it. I posted it. Where? He's thick. He, it's in Transformers Watch. Scroll up a little bit. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> What is going on there? I mean, you know. <laughs> so yeah, he grabs Doctor Archive. <laughs> he grabs Doctor Archiville and flies off with him. Um, meanwhile, just Megatron has flown away in this 
frankly, ex- fugly spaceship that he has built. It is very bad looking. Honestly, do you know what it looks like? It honestly looks like a prototype. Because, like, Astro Train, who comes up later, transforms into, like, his... No, Astro Train. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he looks... Oh, poor it, Astro it, Train. It looks... Yeah, because, like, you know, he turns into, like, a train and a space shuttle. This looks yeah. like prototype Astro Train. It does. And so it almost looks like, like Megatron was just, like, you know, building Decepticons on Earth. And he had... And he's, like, just started working on Astro Train, but all he has is the spaceship He, um... After this gets shot, Danny he looks at the he looks at the smoking Hulk and thinks, "Huh, what if I made this into a guy who also turned into a train?" <laughs> so I have a que- I have a question that maybe you guys can help me out with here. Yeah, sure. Um, because my next note is a, is a shockwave note, um, and it says, "My eye is up here." Oh yeah, because what happens is <laughs> we cut back to Cybertron. Uh, Wheeljack has con- has finished building the the hypno ship nullification device and so spike sneaks in to find his dad and um shockwave's titties can glow did you know this that's what it is yes he they're blinded by light (laughs) yeah he literally shines a spotlight on spike with his huge dragon the panopticon but the center of it is just shockwave on a spinning fucking pedestal (laughs) excuse me my eye is up here Uh uh-huh uh that's more perceptor Yes. So he picks. Yeah, Shockwave has Spike. Spark plug walks in, um, and you know we we get the we get the, we get the thing where it's like my dad's stronger than that. Also, Shockwave drops Spike from like head height. Yeah, that boy should be should be dead. And then yeah, so Spike's like my dad is stronger than that, and Shockwave's like bet. Hey, Spark plug, pull out that Glock and cap his ass. Fucking kill your son. Well, and, and he pulls. Yeah, he pulls. Okay, here's the thing. If Wheeljack had not shown up with the fucking anti hypno chip box, I have dead. no doubt. I have no doubt that Sparkplug would have shot that kid. Sparkplug would have absolutely shot that kid. Like, oh, yeah. the only to... reason he had not done it yet is because Shockwave had not given him the go ahead to do it. Yeah, and he was like kind of resisting, but not really. It's like, okay. He's like, there's more of him. There's vast exactly. of him. And when I say he pulls out the Glock, the the gun he has literally just looks like a normal pistol with a silencer on it. It's it's, it's insane. It's, it's a little bit sciency. It's like a it's like a little bit sci fi ish. Wondered if it was another P thirty eight Walther. I think it might be. It might be the yeah. same animation model. And yeah, he, like it really just looked like he was about to shoot him with a real gun. Yeah, well, yeah because like, you know, cause, like, cause, because the thing about it is like design aside, it's human sized. This is not like yes. that. This is not like later on in the episode when you see Spike like wrestling Optimus's gun up and like using it as a shoulder cannon. No, this is a human sized weapon, which implies yeah. it's a human gun, which... Also means that Sparkplug was carrying a gun when he... Or Arkaville had it. Arkaville might have had it. Arkaville would not have um... had it. <laughs> I can so tell regardless... You utter, I can tell you with utter certainty that Arkaville have, would have had many tools. He would not have had that. It would be really funny if he was just strapped, though. Like, if he, just, he kept that motherfucking thing on him. <laughs> so, they escape... 
Shockwave's track record as Cybertron security is um pretty abysmal at this point. Yeah, which his, it gets worse his, later on when you realize yes, that he's, he's his, getting constantly raided by, you know, Autobot strike teams. Oh yeah, females. he's constantly dealing with females. <laughs> Female. <laughs> yeah, like the fucking the fucking Babe Brigade is constantly fucking his shit up, and he's just can't do anything which, about which it. Apparently, that episode not only have they been raiding him, they've been raiding him so successfully that that's the first time he's actually managed to catch a glimpse of them. Like, they've been doing this the whole time, and he's never fucking seen them. Listen, I, Alita One runs a very tight ship. She does exactly. indeed. We stand she, she, a motherfucking queen in this house. G1 Shockwave, G1 Cartoon Shockwave is, is by and far the most incompetent version of Shockwave takes, ever. The man just, he just takes L's all day, every day. So, they escape on Skyfire, and, and I love, Sparkplug and Spike have a moment where they, like, hug, and they're like, oh, I'm so glad to have you back, Dad. And Braun and Bumblebee make the most awkward smiles I've ever seen in my life in response to this. Braun has an actual sweet line here, though. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh... Mushy, but true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, aw, Braun, you are a softie! We like Braun. We we like Braun now. Braun is one of our favorites now, I think. <laughs> Sorry, did we talk about I'll Get the Door? Yes. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I, they- forgot, <laughs> I forgot we forgot to mention I'll Get the Door. So on their way out, they're all running running out here, and Braun goes, I'll get the door, then Kool-Aid mans through it. <laughs> yep, goes, he goes, literally does that goes right along with Fortunately, I have a delicate lock picking technique. <laughs> Yeah, literally, literally, when we say that, he literally does not stop running. He just runs straight through it without yeah. pausing at all. He's literally, <laughs> ju- like, you know, like, in Transformers Prime, you have Bulkhead who can turn his hands into wrecking balls. Braun is a wrecking ball. <laughs> I, you know, this is, these episodes, these recent episodes where Braun has been heavily featured just make me think that, like, he's kind of an underutilized character. Like, 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 you know, all of the Autobots, most of the Autobots do have, like, their special quirks and powers. Braun is literally just being a fucking tank. He's just indestructible, and he's super fucking strong. They, so, they just have to, like, you know, just not use him very much, because he's too powerful. Small guy who's really strong is a fun character, and he just never gets used very often. He does not. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the Skyfire treatment. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be too too powerful if used regularly. Mm-hmm. So they they find Megatron on this fucking island in the middle of nowhere, and we we're back with Optimus's team. They've they've tracked Megatron's shuttle to this island. He's loading it up with energon cubes to bring back to Cybertron, and Cliffjumper's ready to fucking go. Yeah, Cliffjumper wants to kill, but we know what'll happen if he fucking tries it. He's gonna get his shit rocked again, and guess what happens? Uh Uh-huh. But Mirage goes invisible, which here is represented initially with him turning monochrome. Yeah, like, what happened- Weird effect. Yeah, what happened to, like, you know, projecting the hologram box and then him just disappearing? Which is what happens when he reappears later, but, like... I don't know. Initially, he just turns... Trend, like, I love this, by the way. I love this mirror, by the way, because what Mirage does... 
uh, is he goes, he turns invisible, he goes onto the shuttle, he uncloaks, and then does nothing, and then gets shot in the back. Yeah. Mirage loses by doing nothing. <laughs> cool job, man. Also, during this, literally, completely in plain view, Starscream is doing something. I, what is What the fuck is he so doing he with Archiville? This is so funny. So this is so funny. He's like... He quote unquote saves Archivell, right? From right. from drowning before. And he says, like, Megatron may be done with you, but I'm not. Starscream's apparent use for Archivell now is trying to generate Energon from his brain energy. But he's trying to do this and he's like, You're too stupid for this to work. He's yeah. like, you're not producing enough brain energy. You're too stupid for this to work, which is so funny, which is the point where he's like, it's like, at the, and he goes, at this rate, I'll never be able to take over lead of the Decepticons, which is when Megatron, of course, comes up behind him and goes, <laughs> hey, Starscream's up. <laughs> which is also wonderful. He was doing this while squatting in an empty field. Yeah, like just ten out. feet away from the yeah, Decepticons. ten feet away, <laughs> and not even really whispering. Yeah, it's like you're too- not whispering at all because Megatron's immediately like, "That's treason." Yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah, is like, "Oh, you're too stupid for this to work," and st- and Megatron should have just been like, "Hmm, you should know the feeling." Meanwhile, Cliffjumper is literally going rabid. Watch yeah. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> Finally, the the Autobots start fighting. Um, they are able. Like, they are able to clear out the humans. Yes. Yeah, so what happens is is uh, we Skyfire finally arrives and Wheeljack, you know, leans out the fucking door and and blasts them all with the anti mind control beam. Uh, while saying the important thing, he says it's Independence Day. Which I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It was a, it was kind of a cool line. It is a very cool line, but then I also thought about like the Independence Day movie poster and oh. the similarities to this episode. And yeah. I was like, wait a minute, this is twelve years before that. Hello, boys, I'm back. Oh God! Uh, by the way, remi- uh, By the way, this is also the episode of one of the most infamous animation errors of all time in G1. Which is when Prowl has a line, and then immediately after he finishes, his face vanishes. <laughs> I missed that. What? Oh, how? It's very let good. Me, uh, let me. It's it's around seventeen minutes here. I'll I'll I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh it's quite something. Yes, please, please. I I am He's, a sucker for these. So he stops talking, and then it, like immediately his face literally just vanishes it just poofs away out of existence and that's what you're left with that's almost as funny as faceless ratchet they're in transformers prime <laughs> or uh that time they forgot to put optimus's mouth plate on in this show later on <laughs> and so he just has a nose <laughs> it's like the opposite of prime optimus <laughs> anyway uh they they fuck you know you know the drill they they, they free the humans they Beat, they fight the Decepticons. Megatron tries to fly away with the uh, with the Energon cubes anyway, and the Autobots solve this by all just like shooting it down with their guns. Okay, well, there's actually an important part of this as well, um, because so Megatron's like, anyway, so long, sucker. I rev up the engine and whenever, <laughs> etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, because Optimus is like. 
Megatron, like, you're going to die here, like, if this happens, and as the world again is tearing apart beneath them, and Megatron's like, yeah, I know, that's why I'm not gonna be here. I'll be on Cybertron, so long, sucker. And so he gets, like, starts flying away with all this energon, and meanwhile, I think it's Prowl who's still doing his job as a tactician at this point, um, maybe working with Wheeljack, I can't remember, um, exactly who's like looking at cybertron and being like we we gotta knock it out like we have to think fast by the time cybertron completes another orbit it'll tear the planet apart actually, and is, actually i think optimus is the one who says that like yeah like Pro- I, I, prowl says that they need to retreat and optimus is like um no because the next orbit is gonna rip the planet apart we can't retreat yeah, Optimus is the one who realizes it. I think it's Wheeljack who, like, comes up with the solution. And, and Wheeljack is like, well, I don't know. Like, there's nothing we can do, Optimus, to knock Cybertron out of its orbit at this point. We would need a huge explosive force that would knock it out. And Optimus looks up at the shuttle carrying this enough Cybertron to uh, power Megatron's rule for the next four million years. And he's like... I have an idea. It's like a huge explosion, you say? <laughs> Which so they blow they blow up the shuttle, and it indeed explodes and uh, knocks Cybertron off course. And somehow, somehow, despite generating an explosion powerful enough to knock a literal planet out of orbit. Megatron walks away with just a few scratches. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, fine. Literally, literally back on Earth, Spike is like, wow, I bet that's less of Megatron. And before he can finish, Optimus is like, let's just not say it. Yeah, I'm just like, please don't say it. Please don't say it. Every time we say it, like, he, he, comes, he comes right back like a fucking cockroach. And then, of course... Still there. Yeah. New rule, no one gets to say Megatron is dead ever again. Yeah. So, Until I see uh, his Optimus, graying yeah, corpse. Yeah, Optimus is like, new rule, unless we are looking, unless we are literally standing over his grayed out corpse, no one is allowed to say Megatron is dead. It's like One Piece. I need I need to see the body. I need to see the body before I believe it. I mean, honestly, in Transformers, even if you see the body, sometimes it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't take. That's true. Sometimes there's a fucking Matrix around to fix shit. Mm-hmm. So, or Vector that Sigma. ends... <laughs> That ends the Ultimate Doom Part 3. Opti- there's there's technically a fourth part. It's called Counter to Extinction, but we'll be talking about that next week. For now, we've got some questions to get to, including one on Twitter. Ooh. From our from our Twitter friend, Z Paladin at Mommy Amcha. What? What? Wait. <laughs> Which bot can hold the most beans? Does Prime take it with the trailer, or is the sheer girth of Jetfire make him the Bean Boy? Um, oh, it's it's Skyfire. Yeah, he's much bigger. I mean, it's it's Skyfire only because by this point in the cartoon, we have not yet met Omega Supreme. That's true. That's true. The an- yeah, I mean, well, we ramp it up. The actual answer is in that case. The actual answer is Metroplex. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, at, at this point, right now. Okay, so here's the thing: in the G1 cartoon, Metroplex is not a character. He is. He shows up in the third season. Oh, I always honestly, 
like, apart from, like, a few scattered episodes, I always forget about the third season because I never, like, watched the whole thing. I just watched a few scattered episodes. The third season, it's not quite as insane as the second season, it's, but it is bonkers. It's also um, darker. Yes. Which, yeah, I mean, because, makes, yeah, it's which post-movie. Which makes sense considering it's post-movie. Right, exactly. Yes. Third season, it's like, so... so the first season, we survived. And the, third season, yeah. and the third season is like, oh shit, we actually have to acknowledge that these people died and that people can die yeah. in this universe. I mean... Yeah, there literally is a uh, like a fucking floating mausoleum in one episode with all the people who died in the movie. Literally statues though. in it. Literally though. Uh, yeah, but if you feel Skyfire can fit a whole lot of beans in them, yeah. just put, fill them up. I mean, um, like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Optimus comes in a pretty close second because there's a lot of space in that trailer. Well, there is, there, but Optimus yeah. with his trailer gets transported by Skyfire, not exactly. irregularly. So even, That's true. Even more beans. Double your beans. All right. On to Discord. I still don't know what the beans are about, but I'm not going to question it anymore. I, it's, it, it's, um, a, it's like an inner... I, I think it's just like... There's just this like internet trend of like just people putting beans in things that beans should not be in. It's a weird meme. I don't understand it. Who's to say Skyfire doesn't like beans? We can't We can't say that for him. He has to decide Who's that Who's to say that Skyfire doesn't have a fetish of being stuffed to the brim with beans? It's impossible to say. It's impossible. Only Starscream can answer that question. John Hasbro have... never came down definitively yes or no, so <laughs> it's impossible it's to say. <laughs> it's, 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 who, who can say? So... Away from Skyfire's bean fetish, from deck-wielding menace, Daphnis in the Discord. Uh-oh! The G1 roster doesn't have dark energon abuse resistance education. Dear. These chumps don't know the dangers of synth then. Who makes the green? And further, who is the one who takes it and becomes a chad? Wheeljack on both. I was gonna say- Oh god. <laughs> I, yeah, I was gonna say, it is definitely wheel- Wheeljack definitely makes the green. Um, he might be the one to take it. However, what about Cliff Jumper? I feel I think it's Cliff Jumper. I was I was feel I was gonna say I feel like an argument can be made for either Cliff Jumper or Grimlock. Now Grimlock doesn't need that shit. Grimlock shouldn't think that shit's cheating. I didn't say he would need it. I just say he might take it. I think Grimlock would like scoff at the idea that he would need to be any stronger. I mean, that's Grimlock true. would need to. Grimlock would need to get through. Would also need to get through the child safety caps that Will Jack would. Yeah, that's true. That, well, that's going to be a big problem. But yeah, that's, it would, that's his big, big dumb son. But yeah, that yeah, was. Like, but yes, it would. It would probably be Cliff Jumper. Yeah, and he would still get owned. Although I love the idea of Wheeljack getting chatified and smacking Ratchet on the ass. That's very funny. To However, me. Un- <laughs> unlike unlike uh, Prime Ratchet, Wheeljack would do it on purpose. Oh, absolutely. yes, he would. Absolutely. I'm gonna get fucked up on this shit, Prime. Um, I don't know if that's a good idea. I've already done it. Um, okay, Too late. Then, okay. <laughs> Since then, ain't shit. Okay. Save PlayStation. <laughs> but also, like, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. But for your consideration, what if they like tricked Optimus into taking it? <laughs> oh, if it was a Decepticon plan? Yes. If like, fucking what, what Starscream... If they, like, what, if they that, what if they thought that the same thing would, would like, poison him, but instead it just made him... <laughs> I think Jazz tricks Prowl into taking it. <laughs> yeah, Jazz, Jazz is, is like, prank. homie... Jazz, they, 
Hobie, you need to relax. Yeah. I'm I'm giving you cyber tr- like cyber weed. Yeah, Jazz, <laughs> like, yeah, Jazz is like Jazz is like, honey, I love you, but you wound too tight. <laughs> So (laughs) next up from Black Arachnia Lovebot, if you could make one planet in the universe Earth's new neighbor, which would it be? Assuming that Earth's physics would be unaffected, this is easy. Saturn. I mean, the rings. Mm. It'd be so pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I say Saturn only because they did say in the universe. I'm assuming that fictional planets are not allowed. Yeah. It's I so kinda, pretty. I kind of do want to like see. I bet the one that rains diamonds would be really pretty. What Neptune? But like, would you be? Yeah. Well, yeah. So there, there's a multiple. There, so multiple. So Neptune does have uh, diamond rainstorms deep in its atmosphere, but there are there is what there are exoplanets that do have that. There's also the one that. Um, rains iron shavings yes. which is a little bit no, less fun yeah, yeah. that I, I know about that one and i decide not to go with that one i think the one that, that rains diamonds might be pretty i have no idea what it looks like up close but well, it could yeah be what pretty. if it has what if it's got like a very placid atmosphere and you can't really see what's going on well that would be a bummer but yeah. i think it'd be worth it to check out at least i think so, i think neptune well, would be a good second choice because like just, i do like that just based on the new epi- the new um uh like pictures from the web telescope it neptune is neptune is fucking gorgeous i like i do like neptune is a pretty blue fellow yeah. i like that but second favorite planet mm-hmm. third favorite is jupiter mm-hmm. mars can suck my nuts um also for black Rating love bot which mad scientist for fiction do you think would be most at home in a transformers universe Ooh, okay mm. <sighs> there are a lot of them i mean Okay. I think Doctor Archival is to the Subicons as Doc Brown is to the Autobots. Can you can you imagine Doc, Doc Brown and Wheeljack? Okay, but like if Doc Brown and Wheeljack met, the first thing they would do would be to figure out how to turn the DeLorean into an Autobot. That happens. That there is literally a fucking Back to the Future crossover comic where the DeLorean is an Autobot. Yes. Yes. His name is Gig. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised because I know there's also a crossover where there's a fucking USS Enterprise becomes an Autobot, which is and the Ecto One, which is honestly amazing. The Ecto One becomes an Autobot. Yeah, you know who would you know who would love to be in a Transformers universe? Who? Heisenberg. Fuck. He's obviously a f- Walter White. He would obviously no, be the no, Decepticon. No, no, no. no, not Walter White. Sorry. Heisenberg oh, the real from Resident- one. Yeah, no, from Resident Evil. Oh, oh. You see, there's a lot of Heisenbergs running yeah, around. Oh, sorry. that one. The uh, Resident the one Evil, who controls metal already. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a bad idea. Okay, so like, I would think I forgot he's about like, him. This is um, it's kind of like it's not exactly this guy being a mad scientist because he was like created by a scientist to like save his life. But my my brain did immediately go to like fucking Inspector Gadget. Oh shit! <laughs> he's a that's headmaster. Too much, yeah, he's a headmaster. That's too much zaniness right there. That's that's like millions dead type of zaniness right there. But like um, specifically the Matthew Broderick Inspector Gadget. Oh fuck! <laughs> wait, no, wait. Wait, I got it. Um, Inspector got? Gadget, but he's with the Junkians. 
Yes! Oh, yeah. All right. We found it. There we go. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Also, also from Black Riding a Love Bot, if the Autobots and Decepticons had a surf contest to decide the fate of the Earth, which one do you think would, they would choose to represent them? Who wins? Well, if Beachcomber and or Sea Spray are around at this point, it would be one of them. If not- the, if it's just the ones we see, it's got to be Jazz. Yes. Mm. Ja- who would, who's on the Decepticon side? I disagree. I disagree. I think- Jazz has the best balance. He does. He's He's got the stunts. He's got the skills. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Blue Street pulled some crazy poses when he was running away from I that guess that's true. and he was maintaining perfect balance. So I, Blue Streak is also I kind think, of a jock. I think Blue Streak would be the dark horse in this one. I think he I think he would pull out the win for the I think he would uh, pull out the win. Now, who would the Decepticons choose to represent them in this contest? Uh, Soundwave. That's not that, yes. that, that's no question for me. He is perfectly balanced. Exactly, exactly, as all yeah. things should be. <laughs> oh my god, I knew you were going to say it. Okay, but see, here's the um, thing, though. Well, no, here, but hold on. They would want to choose Soundwave to represent them. Who would actually represent them? Because do you honestly think... Starscream. That, uh, do you honestly think that either Megatron no. or Starscream would be willing to sit back and let someone else take it's that glory? <laughs> Starscream. Okay, Starscream absolutely would, because he's not getting anywhere near that seawater. That's true. That's actually, true. you know, it, here's what it is. Here's what it is. Soundwave represents them, but they have Skywarp do- doing dick dastardly type shenanigans as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's Skywarp. Fucking... Skywarp, I could see like bullying Soundwave away and being like, "I'm doing this," and so- Starscream's like, "Go for it, my guy. I fucking hate this idea." <laughs> yeah. But then, you, From... but then you have Rumble. It's like if Skywarp is being like the dick dastardly to Soundwave, then you have Rumble over there being muttly trying to sabotage the. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. I, we never got a surf battle episode. I think that's a real uh, missed opportunity. Yeah, but anyway, I, I do think that Blue, despite all the shenanigans, I do, or maybe because of all the shenanigans, because I feel like they would probably choose a couple people to represent them. I feel like Blue Streak would be the one to pull out the win. Because so, because they would they would target Jazz because he's the favorite to win. Blue Streak would be the one to pull out the victory. Well, if there's only one, if there's only one for each faction, right, then, like, if there's only one, Blue Streak does, he's pretty skilled. Yeah, if there's only one for each faction, I think he would probably, it would probably be a lot harder, but I do think he could still win. All right, moving on from Comrade Q, what is your ideal doomsday device? Just some real world-ending evil science stuff. Oh. Presumably fictional. What's your favorite fictional doomsday device? Oh, this is... Okay, um... I feel like Megatron has built some real boneheaded shit over the course of this series. He does. Okay, so, like, I I have two. I have, like, a stupid one and a serious one. Um, All right. The serious one, it has to go to the fucking, um... The uh, red matter drill from the uh, um, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies that like you know oh, gets, yeah. Oh, yeah. goes down to a planet's core and then shoots red matter down in there and like generates a black hole in the center of that, a planet. Yeah, you know what? I'm making that one. Right. I forgot about that thing. That is extremely cool. And, and like you know, like if you did have a way to generate black holes, the physics of the thing does work. Yeah. 
Like, once you can get past the, once you can get past the, you know, the generating the actual black hole thing, the physics of what would happen if you were able to create a singularity in the center of a planet, that's exactly what would happen. And more importantly, it also just looks really sick. It does. Um, but I will say, um, my condolences to Spock and the remaining Vulcans who were off planet. Um... <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. to your mom, Spock. She got fucked up real bad. Um, as for um the the uh, the stupid one, um, it is one of Megatron's, um, and it is uh, <laughs> it is the one where they decide to like steal the heat energy of the Earth. Oh, from the Skyfire episode? Yes! <laughs> uh-huh. That's because I'm just like, you know, because I'm just like, okay, yes, there is a heat, there is heat energy that comes from the Earth's core, and it probably does contribute a little bit to the Earth's actual temperature. No, look, but- look, this show has a flawless handle on all branches of science. We know this. Yeah. But we we all know about the giant glowing crystals that form the core of the earth question mark. Yeah, I <laughs> that you can dig up and drain of their energy to make things cold. Yeah. Um <laughs> so my my answer for this question is uh the Helios space station slash gun from Borderlands the pre-sequel. Ooh. Oh yeah. See, I would choose that, but the end of the DLC soured me on that building because that boss fight sucks. Mm. I hate that final boss fight. It's the worst final boss fight ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, can I? It is good. Can I just say I'm quite proud of us. No one, bro. No one says the Death Star. I'm quite proud of us for that. Well, I was uh, bad news. I was about to say the Death Star. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say you can't beat the classics. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just fucking good. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Death Star original model, it, it is a classic. I'm not talking about Star... Fuck Starkiller Base. All my homies that. hate Starkiller Base. I didn't even talk about that. I was just talking about, like, Death Star 2. <laughs> oh, God. Do you yeah, know the, I think... You know the one that was that they never actually got to finish building? Yeah. That's... It looks... But here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. It looks cool because it's not finished. Yes, but, like... But I just... Here's the thing that I find funny, okay? So, like, obviously we know that the reactor core at the center of the Death Star, it has to have ventilation. It literally would explode on its own if it didn't have ventilation. But the fact that your big flaw in the original one was that it had an exhaust port that literally just went in a straight line directly from the surface to the core. That was well, that was just... that was large enough for a torpedo. I mean obviously it would have to be a one in a million shot, but it was large enough for a torpedo. But then you build Just the... as Mads Mickelson designed it. But then you get to the second one and rather than just correcting the flaw by having it not go in a straight line you do they do have it not go in a straight line, but they make it large enough for the, a ship the size of the Millennium Falcon to fly through. Look, they just copy pasted the plans and just sized it up. That's all they did. I just, I. Mm. Palpatine was really phoning it in. Yeah. Mm. 
Last couple of questions here from Black Rating and Lovebot. Which heads shaped Cybertron would use the tantrum hole? I mean, all of them. I mean, um, I think if we're going to be. Sunstreaker. Huh? Well, what, did you, what did you say, Audrey? I said Sunstreaker. Oh, God. <laughs> I said Sunstreaker. Um, oh, no. What are you going to do about it? Because, like, obviously, well, I also, I've been trying to think of actual head-shaped Cybertronians, because te- technically all of the headmasters are, hey. are, um, they're, they're, um, they're, hey, um, hey, hey, yes. Sunstreaker. I mean, yes, it's Sunstreaker, I would... but also, also IDW Sentinel Prime, um, <laughs> who is also just a head. Also, um, uh, uh, what uh, fucking animated Sentinel Prime? Who is the uh-huh. right shape for it? Oh, oh, uh- he definitely he definitely has a tantrum. Uh- uh- yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. But uh, so I was gonna say, considering what ends up happening, Unicron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because by the end of it, apparently uh- he is still like able to like. Uncle yes. Semi, he's just he reduced is... to just a head orbiting Cybertron. He is still alive, technically. Technically, and, and and actually, although well, this isn't a Cybertronian, but um, Rekgar. <laughs> I love IDW. Yeah, um, IDW Rekgar okay. is great. Also, another one, not a Cybertronian, but would definitely use the tantrum hole. A Quintesson. <laughs> Oh, the, I mean, they, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta install those all over the place they, on Quintessa. They, they don't, they don't need tantrum holes. They have they executions have for that. Yeah, they also. I was about to say they also have a tantrum face. That's true. Right. That's true. Um, turn to to let it all out. Yeah, okay. it's, it's been a long day of executing random people. You just gotta let it all out. You, you switch to the tantrum face and just scream for thirty minutes straight. Speaking of which, um, I mean. I would say Starscream, but Starscream would literally never use the tantrum hole. <laughs> because he just, if he's he upset, just bitches are going to yeah. hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, he just he just throws tantrums in public frequently. Yeah. Um, Straying away from G1, I would say probably um, Knockout would use a tantrum hole. <laughs> <laughs> Knockout absolutely would. Finally, our last question from Aren't They Terrific? Uh, Aurora in the Discord. Who is your favorite mad scientist? The platonic ideal of an evil genius. Hmm. Well, I think these are two different things, right? Because, like, Wheeljack actually is my favorite mad scientist. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's not an evil genius. He's just he's, a reckless genius. Right. He he is mad, though. He, um, is, he is quite mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, the abs- he, he did it. The absolute mad lad. Um... Yeah, because my answer for this is, is fucking Dr. Clayton Forrester from Mystery Science Theater. That dude is not a genius, I will tell you that. Right. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, what my evil genius response would be. Um, is, is, it, is it Heisenberg Resident Evil? No. Is he a um, genius? I don't know much about him. Fuck it, Seto Kaiba. Oh! Okay. He is a genius. He is a genius, and he is uh, for he just, some definitions compl- of evil. Yes, he just look. I mean, he does try to kill the main characters multiple times. So I al- I always I always think about the line from season four, the fucking dub line of like, 
you're gonna if you attack me you're gonna destroy your friend's souls and he goes as as the ceo of a major company i do that every day icon (laughs) yeah there's my evil genius so for a mad scientist um I'm kind of like uh, I'm kind of like Audrey. My favorite man, so it's got to be Wheeljack. Um, but for evil genius, I got kind of a I got kind of um, a niche one. Either of you ever? Did either of you ever see the uh, the, car- the uh, Gargoyles cartoon? Yep. No. Yeah, I, I did. I, no, I, I'm, I have never seen it. I'm old enough for that. Nero isn't, but I am. Okay. Um, my yeah, for my. Uh, Evil genius. I don't know about platonic ideals and like evil genius answer. It would be David Xanathos. Xanathos. He. Okay. I mean, literally, the entire first and second season, the man is just a chess wizard just playing games with the gargoyles. He's constantly thinking like three steps ahead. Like, even when he loses, he finds a way to turn it to his advantage. It's insane. I'm trying to think of like an evil genius I really like. Oh, actually, on that note, um, we, uh, a note we were talking about before. I also want to put in um, a thing for original series only con. Oh fuck yes! What? Not 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 but not bones crunching reboot con. Not not cumber cumber bumber bumber con. Yeah, um, but actual. Cu- Actual con proper from proper Star con. Trek from Star Trek the original series and Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Oh yeah. Um. So I mean, I also one of her favorite man scientists. I do want to shout out uh, Entrapta from Princess of Power. Yeah. Love her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Favorite. I'm, I'm having trouble. Evil genius though. Oh, Emmett Selk, of course. Oh, okay. From Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Love that fellow. Um. Mm. And I do you do you are you are they, do you have a f- favorite year? Yeah, I think we all answered this. So I think yeah, we have good. our our mad scientists and our evil genius. I, so yeah, I think we're good. If that's the case, then that's the episode. CNRN. Do you have anything you wanted to plug? <laughs> like um. Is there anywhere you would like people to follow you on social media? Any projects or going just on? your or other people's projects? We, yeah, do you want to true. shout anything out at all? Uh, uh, <laughs> you can say no. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, as far as social media goes, I am uh, I am an invisible gremlin. I do not wish to be perceived most of the time. Under understandable. Um, I understand. I. Uh, I I, I do have a, I have an audiobook I'm working on on SoundCloud. I'm like very, I have not touched it in a while. I need to get back to it. I, I haven't, it's just, a, it's kind of a pet project, but I just put it on SoundCloud because people told me I have a really good reading voice. Oh. Yeah, I'm uh, recording an audiobook for The Hobbit. I do eventually plan to get to The Lord of the Rings as well. Send me that link and I'll put that in the uh, in the notes for the episode. Okay, uh, I'll, if you I'll want. Fetch it real quick. I'm Nero. You can follow me on Twitter at DragonSpeech. You can follow me on co-host. I'm activated. My choasting can begin. That is at Dragon Snuggler. I'm on Tumblr 
at Cyclonus with a five at the end. Uh, you can find my other projects at Radio Free Heidelin on Twitter with my friend Jane. I also did podcast of power about she-ra and recently and i i will be taking a hiatus from uh disney minus for the foreseeable future i just got a little busy uh but my 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 last episode before that is going to be going up the same day as this i believe which is on the muppets christmas carol and i would just like to say uh to the disney minus discord anyone from there who's listening thank you for not voting for uh the other option for that episode which was jingle all the way to starring larry the cable guy thank you for not making that one my finale <laughs> that uh it's, I, I, uh that means a lot <laughs> that's me i'm audrey you can find me on tumblr twitter and co-host at optimum on prime although i haven't used that last one yet um i've made one post but it's Shost, please. I've made that one post, but um, mm. <laughs> uh, you can also listen to the other podcast I do. It's called Pot of Greed. We are officially done with GX. My long national Ooh. nightmare is finally over. That's not true. That's not fair. I like GX. Um, I just didn't love GX, and the last season was a big disappointment for me. But you can hear that in our wrap-up episode that just came out today. Um we are going on break until uh, January, but we will still have content for Patreons. So uh, then come uh, January, you're fucking revving it up. It's time for five D's. Yep. And when the smoke clears, I'm lying face down on the pavement. Um, <laughs> at you, um, I've also been cast in the pilot of an audio drama. Um, I actually recorded my lines this past weekend, which was super exciting. Um That's- I had a blast doing it. I really hope that there is, um, I, I can't wait to share it with other people and, um, hopefully there will be much more to come from that. And, uh, at some point I will also be launching a podcast on the Moonshot Network, uh, that I just don't have more information on right now, but it'll be about food. I can tell you that much. It'll be about food. Um, and yeah that's me uh this has been prime cuts as we said which you can uh follow on twitter for the moment at least while twitter still exists uh at prime cuts pod we should probably make other social media accounts for it i can uh, yeah I, I was i was thinking about probably making a, another co-host because one thing about co-hosts super easy to make uh other pages yeah so do that and maybe a tumblr as well mm-hmm. um uh we are also on the Noise Space Network in good company with other shows like Wild Cool Robot, uh, Diet Coke and Lilith's House of Snacks, and uh, Picking Up Something Good, Steely December. Um, so a lot of good stuff there. Give it a listen. Join our Discord uh, where you can uh, give us questions like this, participate in community fun uh, <laughs> for some definitions of fun um Wait, heavily weighted speaking <laughs> of i'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna have a holiday jackbox night uh this friday probably which will be in the past by the time this episode comes up but i'm just musing aloud yeah i won't be there for it but i won't everyone either. else should have fun so everyone uh well maybe i guess people are probably gonna be busy yeah maybe not this one maybe maybe the friday before new year's though uh new year's jackbox that's that's scary. That's that's chaos right new there. New year, new me. <laughs> um, yeah, 
we'll we'll figure it out. There'll probably be something. But anyway, lots of fun here. Um, yeah, so that is it. Um, until next time, I am going to use my final moments on Earth before um, a meteor destroys it uh, to tell my loved ones that I love them. Transform and roll out. I am going to place a tree in the way of a 10-foot story tsunami, block it, and proudly look at my work as New York is devastated several feet to the left of me. And then I'll transform and roll out. Peach? Peach. Transformers!